All right, so here we are with, uh, I guess this will be episode five of the Fake Untitled podcast, and now we've got both Steve and Craig. Hey, guys. What's up? Hey, how's it going? So, I'm with my people. It's, it's amazing. Uh, good times. I have a deeper appreciation and understanding of my life. <laughs> Shit, Although Craig kind of scares here, right? me, man. Craig scares me. He he makes me realize how much knowledge there is in chemical engineering that I don't know. <laughs> I close that door and I, I don't want to open it again and it's scary. Yes, welcome back. <laughs> no. <laughs> Bad door. Don't forget you're here for life. <laughs> oh man, as long as you don't get, dive into PCAM, I'm okay. Uh, because PCAM is an abomination that should never like the rest of the world should just be insulated from that and nobody should be exposed. Dude, so I so I one of my big things is I I, I um so you know how math is just a language. So I I'm more of yeah. a poet in that language than I am in English. So I I love PCAM just from the way that you can use a lot of group theory to manipulate a lot of the structures in it uh from the math standpoint. Lies, all lies. Everything about PCAM is bad. Oh, Just... quantum chem is also pchem. You have to remember that. Yeah. Pchem two at university was quantum chem. How about that? Okay, that that that's fair. Okay. But pchem one was terrible. And pchem uh... one is thermo, and thermo is an abomination. Yes. <laughs> but thermo is like there's like five courses in thermo you do in chemical and, engineering. And, and, and let's be entirely in honest. I'm pretty sure. That quantum mechanics is where we start to like dig into satanic cults because as soon as you start invoking pitchforks in your equations, there is no good use except to summon Satan. Hey, I see no practical purpose beyond. Why that. do you think Maxwell had a demon? <laughs> <laughs> like, like I'm I'm really okay with believing that you know Schrodinger and his cat being this whole entire thing is because he looked into the darkness and yeah, said he, no 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 I'm not going there. Him. Did he have a pointy hat on? Though? That was oh, kinda... he did have a pointy. It's tinfoil, in fact. Well, you know, Jeez. one of the early, uh, one of the early rocketry guys here in America was like a big occultist, and they've pretty much tried to bury that. Oh, it's it's uh, amazing. So it's actually great. Um, as much as Neil deGrasse Tyson has kind of has kind of gotten into his uh, fam uh, fame in recent years, he had a great discussion. Um, at one of his his little plenary talks. Or he he was discussing uh, the the kind of the, the limit when when a scientist reaches the limit of their ability to really delve into the unknown when they kind of seek for the supernatural and and, and give up on the uh, the drive to for a natural explanation you know so the the god of the gaps kind of thing and and that was one of the, that's one of those things where you have you have these very crazy smart people that will will go through their career. And eventually, the end terminus comes out to be about the same, where they end up saying there has to be something more, and they yep. it's not the point where they've exhausted their drive to reach further, and then the next generation comes along and just goes just plows through through the barrier that they set up themselves. Well, you know, I, I've got a uh, I've got a personal theory on on gravity, right? Because I hate that theory. I, I hate anything that requires <laughs> invisible magical matter to make it work invisible magical matter that we haven't detected that we can't detect but they're absolutely sure it so, exists so because that makes here. the equation works yeah so, okay yeah, yeah yeah so if you're talking about you're talking about lambda then in right. the uh, in the equation oh okay. so a, a yeah. matter of the gaps as it were it is a matter of the gaps <laughs> well, it, well otherwise, it, called, it, otherwise called wimps right 
<laughs> well, that, you can call it whatever the hell you want. I call it I call it magical wave of the hands, right? Like it just makes the equation work. It's not something that we've actually demonstrated exists, but we make the equation work. And what really pisses me off is they dive into this stuff and they're like, oh, look, this proves it. And you're like, no, no, no. The whole reason that you created that concept was the same thing that you're demonstrating there. There was a there was a study not too long ago that was like, ah, oh, see, we've proven dark matter exists because of the rotation of the galaxies. Well, if you go back to Orr's work back in 1930. Right. That's that's basically what he said. He said the galaxies rotate too fast, so there's got to be some more mass there. <laughs> that's, well, that doesn't funny. work. So, so the thing is, uh, these these that you're, you're correct about the cart being put before the horse. There, uh, the, they have the the statement the wrong way around. But of course, the, the, it all it is also the way that we drive with hypothesis experimental work. It's the whole reason we have the LHC right now is because we were looking for the Higgs boson because it was suggested by the math, and we did find a Higgs like phenomenon. Whether True. or not pseudo scalar or if it's a scalar you know so it could be for for those not quite figuring out what that means uh, a scalar is just a number a pseudo scalar is like when you have two vectors dotted together so they can become a single value a scalar value uh, or it could be like two matrices double dotted together etc cetera, etc cetera. so if it's if it's multiple values that become one it's the pseudo scalar if it's a scalar then it's just a value but but the Higgs boson also just proves that mass is like a, an energy concept, a construct, well, right? So it's, it's, like it doesn't quite. actually prove that dark matter exists. No, so right? yeah, it has nothing to do with dark matter. Uh, right. But the point was that the the equation that was written down by Higgs on the back of a friggin' envelope, you know, or napkin rather, um, literally a back of the napkin, uh, coffee and and uh, coffee and biscuits discussion, became the LHC, and this guy got to see in his lifetime this thing happened and that's the way science is supposed to work where you help with the hypothesis you explain the requirements for experimental work to actually prove or disprove and then you set about doing it yep. whereas the dark matter stuff for one thing it's really hard to come up it's really hard to make a new universe or let alone come <clears throat> to do experiments so we've kind of got the one we're in and we you have to look for um experimental observations you can make now the one great one that they have for for dark matter that does convince me that there's something it, it you know, whether or not it's just like dust we can't see is a big question here, but there's something. Is that one um, where the two galaxies collided and you can see the gravitational lensing? So, yeah, so you know so, what I'm talking about, and what I'm yes, saying, see the lensing yes. effect. So, so first off, right, I'm but then that something. would that doesn't prove that doesn't prove that there is dark matter. It just proves that two there's supermassive gravity. objects interacting with each other with each other will produce a wave effect so right? all i'm saying it, is there's gravity there there's not it, i'm not saying what's causing it but i'm saying that because the two right. materials the two materials are so uh are so light they're not they're so less not dense that they're able to basically pass through each other and because the gravity effect exists where the mass that was collisionless should exist exists there means that there's something there causing a gravitational effect. Or, that is, or not, that is not the visible mass that passed the other way. Or, or it's some other effect that's resulting from an emergent phenomenon. That's actually where yeah. I go with my hypothesis. Sure. And and I dive into that as it's uh, it's derived from those, the structure of matter. And I can actually predict dark matter exactly, like two, like three decimal places, four decimal places. Oh, that, that's okay. I got to stop you there because you know three decimal places is government work, six is the private sector, and then twelve is science. Okay, well, you know what? I don't have uh, I don't have a supercomputer at my at my okay. command. Okay, okay. I'm o I'm okay with I'm okay with being really 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 close. 
And plus, I just wanted to off, go ahead and point that one out. <laughs> first off, first off, twelve doesn't count because uh, you know if you start using actual uh, programs to calculate, they only go out to like seventeen, and then it's all rounding errors. And so all at first, that's that was actually a problem that I ran into was was technically according to my hypothesis, the actual differentiation between electromagnetism and gravity occurs in the like 10 to the minus 28th decimal places and it's an addition subtraction equation, which okay, means so that, that the end result is that that like it just doesn't work. All right, so you as an engineer do know that you can easily you can easily do uh, summations algorithms that are going to preserve your round off. Uh, so just the even K hand summation is going to be sufficient. To um, to a, to a, a, a to greater large, or lesser degree. To a, large to a degree. greater or lesser degree. And right? you can use arbitrary. You can use arbitrary arithmetic uh, arithmetic packages. Uh, so I can even point you to those. So multi precision uh, libraries by GNU, et cetera, et cetera. Or you can just use Mathematica, which does it automatically. Now you can also, if you're doing programming, if you're doing programming on your own. MathCAD. Okay, but if, you're, if you're using MATLAB, then you can also have MATLAB do compiled C for you. If you do that, then you can always use the long double form, which is the 80 bits instead of just 64. So you can get better precision. Uh, I'm not okay. saying you. I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm just saying that there is an an option here where uh, you can get better I, details. I got to the point or, where it, it appears. It, so 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 it takes place at like uh, 28 decimal places in. Uh, yeah. 28 to, to 30 decimal places in, that and I got to the like, where that sounds okay. That sounds it just sounds like round off to me. It's, it's like you were saying before. I'm just saying you could probably confirm that. Well, it, that's that's what I'd like to do. So you'll have to send me those that 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 information because that, sure, yeah. that was the the limit that I hit was that it, it, if you start to talk about that, it's not round off. It's it really isn't like okay. it's. It, it actually works out where uh, if you do so, – so when I start talking about like the three decimal places, that's that's yeah. outside of that. That was trying to come up with a testable hypothesis, right. an experimental design, and that's, that's where – That's saying, like, here's the thing, and then I want to – like I'm just trying to check if, my, if, if I have a sanity check. Right. So, so I predict X, and okay, I get X in terms of large-scale phenomenon, and that's fantastic. <laughs> the problem is why? How do I actually test this in a realistic scenario where I don't have right. an entire universe on? On, on hand <laughs> that I can sum up, uh, you know, whenever I want. Look, so the, the, the all you have to do is question. find that cat, find that cat from Men in Black, and then yes. steal a few yes. of those marbles, right? That's or or <laughs> I just need to make a miniverse. If right. I get a miniverse, a, a miniverse universe, battery good for you. A what? You get, get a DTM, you know, just a yeah, just yeah. a shard. I, I I can run my car on it, and that's that's yeah. all that I need to do. Get your ZPM from uh, from Stargate. Uh, just yes. go ahead and create a pocket of subspace and yank that shit out. Right? <laughs> you know, unless you're going to fuck over a whole other universe, in which case you might not want to do that one. That was a great episode from Stargate Atlantis. I loved that one. Which one was that? <laughs> that was one where the other Rodney comes over and everyone just like, like they all like him until the very end. And Rodney's like, well, you liked him better. He's like, nah, he's a prick. I have to actually watch Stargate Universe again. I, I haven't seen uh, that in I, forever. I, I say universe, I meant Atlantis if I did. Or sorry, Atlantis. I uh, the last one, the last, the last Stargate series I watched. Yeah, yeah. So, so you know, SGU is okay. Uh, like they could have, they could have very much made it less about the shitty relationship with the captain, or yes. whatever the guy was. Yes. Like it was, it was a great character and all, but like, holy shit, we don't need to go back to Earth to see this drama. 
Well, I, I think that's the problem is that, that, that <laughs> like, I think they were, they turned around and looked at Battlestar Galactica and they said, oh, look, we're going to do that, but with a Stargate universe. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. So that's, that's how we're going to roll with this. And the only problem is it doesn't work. Stargate was never about that. It was all about the fact that you have this magical, mystical portal that takes you to a random planet with literally the worst things that you can possibly imagine trying to kill you. Now, that was what like made Stargate awesome. But with humans, humans are born. Kinda. Yeah, it was. It was, it, was it was very much it was like, with marines. Well, it's like sliders with marines, but on different planets. You know? Yeah, yes. and, a, and a scientist. And yeah, a, and a plucky kid sidekick, but whatever. And and I think like if you go into Stargate Universe, they actually cleared up. So so you go through the first season. The first yeah. season is like pulling teeth. And you get yeah. through the second season, and the second season is fantastic because basically they <laughs> stopped they, they stopped attempting to murder each other and decided to actually work together and make this one you know, yeah. which is which is the only logical thing, right? If I had if I had uh, an army of engineers and scientists, I'm not going to be like, all right, you know what? The first thing we're going to do, let's uh <laughs> let's go overthrow the captain. We'll worry about food, water, and personnel safety later. Let's yeah. kill. <laughs> let's first thing we need to do is the bitch. <laughs> First thing you're gonna do is bitch and moan, and then piss off the guy in charge. Right, right. So, so he's got guns. We want to take that from him and all of his soldiers. We're gonna go after that first, and then we'll worry about food. That is, food is like not a problem. Yeah, you know, the first thing I'm doing there is finding out how much water I can put in my backpack. Christ. <laughs> that was that was the biggest about problem tanks. the first season. We're talking about tanks. It's like, all right. You have a single point of failure here because once any contamination gets inside that big ass tank you got, yeah, you're fucked. <laughs> yeah, and well, lo, I mean, lo and behold, that was an episode, right? Well, you know, the thing is that you, you dive into the the first few episodes, right? And it's all the stuff that you know. So they need to go change out their air scrubbers. They need to go change out their water tanks. They need to go, right? And that's all. That's all pretty good. But they're secretly trying to like do three coups and get everybody on board in the middle of trying to get water. As yeah. a general rule, that's not how humans operate. It just doesn't come off authentic. Well, humans can be that stupid, but you gotta remember that part. Is, that's that's a trick you gotta remember. Is a lot of people are that stupid. It's just that. <sighs> I don't know if they're people that, that stupid, stupid though. People that stupid probably wouldn't be in that situation though, because they probably wouldn't have right. been. Well, the other thing about people that stupid, you can often just yell at them really loud and point, and <laughs> and that's gonna that kind of gets it done. Like, hey, stop that! Go and do this other thing. It's like, oh yeah, okay. Uh, okay. That just just making me think of Cartman with a stick. <laughs> there you go. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that's a bad kitty. <laughs> Oh man, that would be great. I would love that. Respect but, my authority. Now, now the the second season, the second season was actually pretty good though, right? Like they sorted most of that it. shit out. They and then they they just kind of left it hanging there. It's like, a, hey, yeah, I, I was just they, they said, hey, there's some structure to the universe, and then they just killed the show. Oh, I know. <laughs> of all of the like, I don't think so. First off, like SG one needs to be enshrined. We I think we can all agree. That you take SG one and that gets off the shelf. You don't ever make another SG one right. again. You, right. you know, no, if you, just you do, run from there. If you do, or, or you, you just recast it with new special effects because the first season, looking back, it's <laughs> terrible. Right. <laughs> that is Fair. the only. That is the only thing you do with SG one is you you basically take everything you attempt to improve it and somehow you drag you know Richard Dean Anderson out of retirement and oh, make God, him do guy. something. <laughs> He is he is limping along now. 
Like, uh, he, still, he still looks great and all. It's just like you can tell he has nothing to do with the show now. He is so oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, like, I, I, I agree. Like, what they should do is they, like, they already had the movie at the end of the whole Ori plot with Stargate Atlantis. What they should do now with SGU was what they, they obviously were going towards, which was that there yes. was going to be some structure higher to go through a multiverse that was that was already suggested in Stargate Atlantis with that the same episodes I was talking about. Well, like, it, they had multiple episodes where they talk about a multiverse. What they really the, were leading into was putting a gate on it. There's there's two major things that I think that they could tie in, and everybody would be happy. One is the furlings because those motherfuckers just yeah. up and vanished. Right. <laughs> like I am. I am absolutely like, oh, amazed. They're like the gate builders, and then they're gone. Yeah, except except like all you know about them is that they have transmat technology, and that's it. Like that's the only thing you know. You know that they could transport people between planets using rocks and a goddamn little mini handheld cell phone thing, right? That right. that that's that's their technology level is that they have the ability to transport people between planets using your you know your iPhone. That's that's pretty good. <laughs> I, yeah, I think you could make the argument that they're the ones that just, you know, they just spawn galaxies because they have nothing better to do. Hey, maybe they could tell us about dark matter. Right. There you there go. You go. <laughs> See, I, I, I still think, I still think that's electromagnetic. I think that is, that is arising from the structure of matter. Uh, you and fucking electric universe people. And I'm, I'm, I'm not apologizing about that guy. I was roasting like last year, either that guy was a fucking nut. I don't, I don't know who that was. Well, it was uh, the one you first told me that you do the Electric Universe stuff. It was the guy who was sitting there just convinced he was going to convince me from from brute force uh, stupidity that oh. the Electric Universe is the right thing. See, uh, see, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not convinced of it because it's kind of crazy. Well, like, because, I, real, I haven't, real briefly, I haven't why not really... give us a, a TLDR on the Electric Universe? That which which and, the and overall will, summation. Uh, there's like seven or eight different versions of it. Okay, so pretend like, uh, say, you're trying to explain string theory. Instead of diving into M theory, then give the basics. Basics. Okay, so 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 the short version. The short version is we have the 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 simple model of the universe, right? And that's that's like we have a handful of charged particles and non-charged particles making up a nucleus. It's your neutron, your proton, your electron, right? And then you have your four fundamental forces. Your strong magnetic, your weak magnetic, or your uh, strong nuclear, weak nuclear gravitational and electromagnetic now it turns out that when we dive into the math the strong weak and electromagnetic forces can all be linked fantastically right it requires dozens of pages and really smart people but they can do it they can prove that those are all tied into the electromagnetic force so the only thing that you have is this one outlier and it's gravity now, gravity is is the first force that we ever discovered. And if you dive into this, right, the uh, the experiment was absolutely amazing where they proved it. It's not Newton having an apple fall on his lap. Like, he kind of hypothesized the whole thing. But where they actually proved it, they basically took two leaded weights, tied it up to a string, and measured the twist of the string. Yeah. And that is how they proved gravity. It's absolutely an amazing experiment. And everybody who, you know, again, going back to, like, why is it that scientists struggle immensely when you look at what our ancestors did with you know rocks and sticks it's it's on that level of just sheer awesomeness the problem is that gravity falls apart as soon as you start looking outside of earth essentially 
So if you start looking at gas-planet interactions, that doesn't quite work. If you look at our interactions with the sun, that doesn't quite work. Like we have a our, our the AU, which is the uh, which is defined as the distance between the Earth and the sun, is slowly expanding, kind of on a yearly basis. And that shouldn't be happening because we should be relatively stable. You start talking about, uh, you know, we have satellites, probes, moons, stuff like that that orbit our gas planets, and they tend to have slightly faster acceleration. And then when you go out even bigger scale, right, even bigger scale, you start talking about galaxies, stars, planets, those kinds of things. Uh, the actual speed of rotation that is is derived from our theory and understanding of gravity and on Earth is – it basically falls apart. We see much faster rotation than we really should, so that would indicate that there's more math in the – or more – sorry, not more math in the universe. There's always more math in the universe. There's <laughs> more right. mass in the universe <laughs> than, than, than what we think – what we can visibly see. So you run into this problem where all of a sudden we have this wonderful theory. It works absolutely beautifully on Earth, and we thought it worked really well with our solar system. The only problem is that our solar system, the calculations we derive, is based off the theory itself. So it's kind of circular logic reinforcing it for our solar system. But as we start looking outside of the scope in which we develop this theory – it falls apart, right? And that's just going bigger. If you go smaller, you run into the same thing. At a certain point, it just doesn't seem to have any sort of effect whatsoever on actual particles. Now, there's actual valid reasons to this, namely most of the stuff that we start talking about when we start talking about nucleuses and atoms. It's like relativistic effects, and gravity is so weak that it would be nothing. Yeah, we're talking about 30 orders of magnitude here where it's just right. not going to make a difference. Well, the the to, difference between the electromagnetic like force... Soup. So, yeah. Yeah. So the difference between the electromagnetic force acting on a hydrogen atom and the uh, the uh, the gravitational Gravity. force is literally like think ten to the minus twenty eighth newtons for uh, you know two hydrogen atoms, and uh, that that would be the electromagnetic force that they're experiencing. The gravitational force is like ten to the minus sixty. So it's 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 twenty some odd orders of magnitude off. In terms of the two things, so they're so they're so far disparate that basically what it's come down to is people say, well, gravity has to exist for two reasons. One is that it works really, really well where we see it, and we haven't <laughs> found anything else to prove it, and that's a terrible hypothesis, but that's what they're going with. And number two, that there's no way the electromagnetic force and the gravitational force are related because they're incredibly weak. And so what you have is you have a handful of people, uh, myself included, although I, I am nowhere near anything that I would call advanced or special in this, who have attempted to try to, to create what's, what's known as the Grand Unified Theory. And the Grand Unified Theory, the only, only purpose is to unify the four, four fundamental forces, your, your strong, magnet, or strong nuclear, weak nuclear, electromagnetic, and gravitational forces uh, on some sort of level and plane. And the, the best effort seems to be electromagnetic. The problem that you have is that a lot of people who study the electromagnetic universe, a theory, are frankly crazy. I, yeah. I watch these people and they use nonsense they, they use nonsense a lot of nouns and verbs. They make shit up all the time. And it requires like epicycles of information in order to try to make their, their stuff work. So there are other people that and you do actually find this in some physicists who study this kind of thing. Uh -huh. The sane, normal, rational people who basically say, Hey, uh, it does appear that gravity is not real so to speak not not in the sense that we can't detect it not in the sense of any of that stuff but it seems to be deriving from something else 
and typically this is what's known as an emergent phenomenon. An emergent phenomenon is That's put it put, say, put yeah. shortly a mathematically complicated scenario in which something happens that is unexpected, right? That's more and, or less what you could say, yeah. Yeah, so that's that's really what an emergent phenomenon is. It, it's not something that, that like you would inherently predict. It's just like uh, well, here's you know, a, good, if, a short example of that is uh, each of the, the neurons in your brain does something on a on a on a schematic level here. So nothing right. complicated. Each neuron does something very very simple. It takes some inputs and says yes or no for an output. Um, right. And an emergent phenomenon is consciousness. Yes. That's a, actually that's a beautiful example. I was going to try dating because that's almost as complex as consciousness. Sure. But <laughs> <laughs> at, at least at least hey, for engineers, here, right? it's infinitely more complex. <laughs> I, I would find it much more easier to understand the human brain than it, I would uh, I would the average human female. That's that's just my wife would certainly agree. Um, so so it all depends on where you come in. And and the problem that you have is is like anything else when you start talking about this fringe thing that there's a lot of people working at, a lot of people are crazy. And uh, and so what you have is is I think I don't really remember the exact conversation, but I think I know the guy that you were yeah, going at. Which one? Brian. His name was Brian. And he yeah. was crazy. He was he's just nuts. My belief on the other hand is just that it's an emergent phenomenon. Essentially, sure. it's it's the electromagnetic force. Well, I know you're uh, not. Inter- nuts. What's that? I know you're not nuts. Well, I that's that is yes. a very very much strong. <laughs> you are you are making many presumptions here. First off, I am an engineer. Second off, I am a nuclear engineer. So I am all kinds of nuts. Well, you but, have nuts. You aren't nuts. <laughs> that may be true too. Um, so so my my Thank my you. approach and my belief. Is that the emergent that the gravity is derived as an emergent phenomenon that arises from the structure of matter and the electromagnetic force, and it's derived from two essential principles. One is that if we if we start talking about the the major stuff, right, as we get more complicated atoms, the gravitational force will essentially fall off. So when we start talking about trying to t- put the Cavendish experiment, which was the original experiment that that essentially proved it using you know. The, the twist of sinew or something yeah. like that ridiculous and stupid right the cavendish experiment that was done with leaded balls because they believed very firmly that it was solely tied to mass and when you put mass you want the biggest heaviest object you can right and obviously you can't grab a couple planets and attach them to string and have it be in a nice little convenient universe so they did leaded balls the problem is that when we take the constants that we derive from that experiment and we start applying it everywhere, we are inherently assuming that it is directly caused by mass, not, you know, kind of parallel to mass. We're also assuming that there are constants and not coefficients. Yes, right, exactly. And I'm kind of more in the coefficient camp, if anything. And essentially... You believe things like the fine structure constant might have a gradient across the universe, then? Potentially. Not not as much that more like so so if you if you actually take a look at your PZ values mm-hmm. so your uh, or your sorry ZA I don't know everybody calls it different your proton right. to neutron ratios in an atom for what's right. a stable atom the majority of what we interact with is not the majority of universal matter the majority right. of universal matter is overwhelmingly pure hydrogen yeah like we're, all, hydrogen, we're on a rock that's the problem. Right. We live on a rock. So we derived all this stuff from rock perspectives. We are rock people. We did it from rock perspectives. And then the entire rest of the universe is a single proton 
with an electric. If you start right. screaming, we built the city, I'm going to start hitting something. What's that? <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, the one thing you don't have to worry about is me diving into pop culture references. That's never going to happen. Oh, that's old, though. It's it's old enough to be funny. <laughs> so so the uh so so basically my premise is that if we instead start from a construction of a hydrogen universe and a hydrogen atom is as simple as you get what you can essentially do is you can take the differential with respect to time and what what that means is that we we take the interval of time not you know we we perceive it in you know minutes seconds whatever and we take it down to its infinitely smallest unit right at that point in time, if we were to freeze time and look at the universe in a frozen perspective of time, we could zoom in on an atom and we would find that each atom, each electron within those atoms is at a specific location. That's that's a fundamental principle of physics. We don't generally operate with that because by the time we start talking about human timescales, we're dealing with electron probability clouds because they're zooming around so fast and right. – it's too difficult to see them. But if you took the differential with respect to time and you looked at it at that infinitely tessimally small gap and you froze time in its place, we could go in and take a look at the structure of matter and see where each electron is in relation to the nucleus, right? Because it's not going to be moving. If you talk about a hydrogen-dominated nucleus, that is a much less complicated scenario well, than yeah. a – let it nucleus right and the hydrogen nucleus has one electron and one proton and they will be clearly visible and you could actually start drawing out a diagram between them and start basically doing your summation of triangles right your your electron attraction your electron from one nucleus is going to attract the proton of the other nucleus and the the uh, and vice versa and the protons are going to repel each other and the electrons are going to repel each other and if you do a sum of the forces right the sum of the forces will not be zero depending on its configuration right. and orientation of space. What's that? So this comes down to London dispersion and van der Waals. Right, right. So, so, but the if at that moment in time, it will not be equal to zero yeah. at any at any given time. The attraction of, you can calculate the attraction between them. Right. If we expand that point of time, it will it will be zero, technically speaking, right? Well, but for an instantaneous moment in time, it will not be zero. So, so, um. So when you uh, if you time average it, the the value is still non-zero, right? Just in general, so you, you can average it over an infinite time, and it will still be a non-zero attraction. That's the basis of the Van der Waals attraction phenomenon. Well, sort of, but Van der Waals requires that's, a certain distance, and well, yeah. Like, well, here's the thing: the the value will be non-zero at any distance, uh, as, as long as the two atoms aren't like you know inside of each other, but. It should fall off rapidly with distance. Right. So, so the in that yes, it does. So the, the Van der Waals, you start talking about like spatial coordinates, kind of thing. Like think of a, a hydrogen cloud in space. Van der Waals yep. forces are not really taking place in there. But the the premise and the approach is essentially that if you were to freeze time and look at it, you would be able to draw these things between all these different atoms and mm -hmm. have a relative force of attraction and force of repulsion. And between all of the atoms, the average would be zero attraction and zero repulsion. But on average, right, at any instantaneous time, there would be some, some attraction or some repulsive mechanism in effect. Then if you start increasing that time over – you start integrating the distances and the effects of what happens over a period of time, the end result is a divergent 
in the equation of uh, you know basically ballistic trajectories. So if, for instance, if I was to take an atom and I was to freeze it in time, and it, or take two atoms of hydrogen, and I was to freeze them in time and freeze them in a specific orientation, right? And let's say let's say the electrons top the electrons top and one like both electrons are top and both protons are bottom in one model versus uh, you know electron on top and the protein on the bottom for one and a proton vice versa on the other. So one is in the maximal attractive state and one is the maximal repulsive state. The end result is if we expand time over that period of time, we will get a differential between the actual ballistic trajectory of such atoms. And we start talking about, you know, thousands and millions and trillions and, you know, like however many you want to go for atoms, you'll start seeing that effect. And the end result is that you will see a, a greater impact of attractive forces than you will of repulsive forces because everything falls off as a function of R squared. And that is my hypothesis in a nutshell. Hmm. Now, you dive into that and it gets really crazy in the math. It turns into energy. It, it turns into energy at some point, and and you just your eyes go crossed, and you're like that the world doesn't exist anymore, and well, I mean, you have to come out of dark spaces, very dark places. When well, you when you're you trying know, it to kind of doesn't right? I mean, it's all just energy vibrating at a high rate, right? I, I mean, I, I you know I think I think when when you start talking about what Craig was talking about, where the scientists set up their limits, I'm I'm kind of at that point where where I chased that that rabbit hole mm-hmm. and I didn't like I didn't like what I saw. You you look into the <laughs> void and the void stares back at you and you realize that the, the trick is to be the thing staring back from the void. That way you can piss off everyone. Oh yeah, well that's a great idea. You go right ahead and do that. That's what I do. Dive <laughs> right I'm, in as they say. Yeah, no. I'm 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 okay with uh with not doing it. What you do that. is you go in there, you find the monster and you fuck its mother. And then um <laughs> <laughs> you know, make sure you bring it flowers and stuff. You gotta do it right. Uh, but that's that. that's that's the short of like my version of the electromagnetic universe theory. There are dozens of others. I think there's one guy I still follow on Twitter who periodically he's been attempting to get his experiment to work forever in a day, and uh, I don't think it has yet. But uh, well, I think here's the thing: it's laudable to be exploring these things, and there there needs to be a lot of people out there, especially you know. And I, and I would call myself this too if I was to look into these kind of things. And, uh, someone looking at it at the amateur level for the math, uh, let alone yes. see if there's any kind of potential for falsifiable experimental observations, that needs to exist. It, it's not yes. the province. It's not the province of some ivory tower. Um, it's the same thing with even just basic astronomical observations. That kind of stuff is done as an, at an amateur level globally all the time. Yep. So there's nothing wrong with, with talking about these things. Like we were talking about, I guess, before we went on air here, like it's, it's not wrong to be wrong. It's, it's actually no. fantastic to be wrong. It's, it's wrong to be wrong, find out you're wrong and then continue to be convinced you're right. If you will. <laughs> So, well, the, so it's, it's, not, it's very it's difficult too, though, right? Like you get to a certain point where you start talking about some of these things yeah. on an amateur level, and you've developed it, uh, you know, kind of in isolation, and you've tried to share it with your mm-hmm. peers uh, as best you can. And it, yeah. it turns out that once most people leave college, they stop caring, like immediately. Yeah. Right. Once once they have a paycheck and they've got some food and they've got a spouse, that's it. 
they're done right the, the rest of it is 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 not not of interest to them and that's the problem that you have is that you start talking about a lot of these the, the stuff that develops in the amateur sector and you get people who get too emotionally invested in their hypothesis because they have no one there who is able to either a understand what they're talking about and b refute them and right. that's kind of where I'm at now. So that's one of the reasons why I've kind of stopped working on my stuff is if I can't find somebody who can sit there and tell me I'm wrong, then I should just assume that I'm wrong to start. And I, that's, that's kind of a terrible way to go about it, but well, it's, it's, it's better than the alternative. <laughs> yeah, it's right? better than like, up your own ass. Right. <laughs> so so my, my assumption is that I'm doing something horribly, horribly wrong, and I'm explaining it in a terrible manner, and nobody understands it. And that's – so, you know – Maybe when somebody pays me, I'll I'll do so it. It's like dealing with a non-engineer. Yeah. <laughs> what What are your requirements, customer? <laughs> That's oh, let engineer. me tell you. What's that? That's a good engineer. Which one? The one that follows requirements. Uh, well, see, that's the thing. It's it, no, you know, they just it's a bad you're engineer. Not, you're, not, you're not told uh, what the requirements are. You're told what the customer wants. Yeah. Oh, oh, so that's going not to lead to a good need. time. And which is not so, if, if the engineer goes in and, and tells the uh, you know asks the customer for specific requirements, they're not doing their job properly because nine times out of ten, what they want is impossible, or it's uh, just so. not going to happen. Or well, that's what marketing can't. departments are for, to make you something completely Yeah, impossible. well, the marketing department is there to promise the things you can't deliver so that when yes. you don't deliver them, you yes. look like shit. I, uh, I love – did you ever see the skit where they did the uh, the, the three red lines, uh, three uh, – whatever it is? Did you ever see that skit? Uh, I don't think I know which one you're talking about. Uh, I'll have to link it. Right. It's uh, it's supposed they didn't they didn't tie it into engineering specifically, right. but it, it felt like being in every engineering conversation I've ever had. Um, oh, let's see, <laughs> let me pull it up. It's uh, it's like three red lines, uh, or seven red lines, also known as the expert. There we go, the expert skit, and it's uh, it's this guy who's who's been asked to draw seven red li red lines, three of which are perpendicular, two of which are parallel. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all supposed to be something or other, and some of them are supposed to be blue, right? So you got like seven red lines, right. and a couple of them are supposed to be blue, and it's this absolutely yeah. impossible thing, and you're just looking at them like, no, that's that's not possible. I like that one. I'll I'll post it in the chat. Yeah, I'll make sure all I link right. that for people who want to check it out. It's it's really funny. It's uh, it's already sounds it sounds good. <laughs> It, yeah, I, uh, it It's like Dilbert given form. Yeah, what I'm seeing here as a quick description is uh, clients make an unreasonable request. So there's there's a... If, if, there you go. Okay. So so another thing you can look up with these kind of things is, is uh, there's there's some great XKCDs on um, um, on just the requirements of a, a customer for a person who designs a web page. Like if if you're if you're if you ever do like if you ever have a customer trying to get you to do things for um, for web design, it's the same kind of pulling teeth kind <laughs> oh, of bullshit. Oh god, I could only imagine. I've read some horror. I mean, stories. even even the like like with what I do I do from a nuclear perspective. I've I've had uh, I've had oh, yeah. some folks some folks who have had to have an uncomfortable conversation. Well, you know things like exactly what are radiation limits. Yeah, yeah, things things like well, more like no. <laughs> no, more like you can't do that. Why can't they do that? 
you will blow all of your limits. Which limits <laughs> will I blow? All of them. All of them. <laughs> no, it's, it's the, funny. The, question, the question isn't which limits you will blow. The question is which limits will you not blow? And the answer is there's none left. You've already crossed that line. Like so, like we. Uh, one of the things we did in my group um, previously is, is, is nanotube work. And it's funny because the, the parallels with this COVID situation are very, very, uh, very similar. And, and the difference being really between them is that um, so nanotubes are an accumulative uh, disruption inside your cellular system. It's it's that's the problem is they cause inflammation. Oh, that's the uh, the nanomaterial stuff. Yeah, yeah. CNP. I haven't I haven't dealt with too much IH on so, that. So we I've do heard we it's terrible. We, yeah, <laughs> it's really hard to contain that stuff. So you have to, yeah. like, you have to HEPA filter everything, HEPA vacuum everything, wipe everything down. Everything goes in a bag. You wear bunny suits. The whole the whole bit. Imagine oh, it's right. like working. It's like it's, it's probably like working at um at like an Intel site, but like in the middle of a dust storm. So what? Uh, like asbestos, <laughs> but but worse. Yeah, like oh, asbestos, asbestos isn't that bad. It's only caused one cancer. So, so, so well, the, the issue nanoscale asbestos. <laughs> yeah, the the issue with with this stuff is that it uh, they've they've started finding that it it actually has like cancerous effects, and it, it is a lot it like does. asbestos. So, so asbestos is very very unique because uh, asbestos is actually not that bad of stuff as long as you don't start chewing it up and mixing it up in the air. So basically, right. the problem that we have with asbestos specifically. It's not the asbestos itself, but our immune system's reaction to it. Oh, it's so also it's, it's that and the aerosolization that occurs when you disrupt the stuff. It's so right. It's, it's brittle so, and fragile. So you get this this stuff that gets mixed in the air, and it touches your lung, and your immune system says, aha, an invader. I shall and, assault that. The problem is that y y asbestos doesn't break down. The reason we used it is because it doesn't break down. <laughs> yeah, so it's, your, it's like, your body it's like there, in that sense. Yeah. So, so your body throws everything at it, and it, it's this thing that doesn't break down. Your body says, "Aha! Well, in that case, we will attack everything around it." So, and so the thing about that is, uh, this actually ties. In. It's pretty cool. When I was in undergrad, um, well, it's funny because the guy who taught my my uh, bio for engineers course uh, was from my department, and he he came in and he basically told the class at the very beginning he didn't want to teach the class. Which I thought was it was perfect because it's like well that's that's an admission everybody needs to hear and we can all go home now, but no yeah, but it was it was cool because I guess it was either in his group or a related person's group they actually had uh, basically we knew the mechanism by which smoke causes cancer and it's very intimately related to what uh, the same thing that's going on with asbestos and largely yeah. that once the um, those the square cells up top uh, they form you know they, you have these squamous cells uh, so the flat square cells. There's only so many layers deep that that goes, and they will not react to the growth factor that's released uh, in a positive feedback cycle way. They have a negative feedback termination on that cycle, so that when they finish granulating into a defect, they stop growing. The columnar, the, the cells underneath, the, um, the small cells, so small cell lung cancer be the, the thing everybody is familiar with as lung cancer, they don't have that regulatory stop. So when they get that positive feedback loop where they, they respond to growth factor by dividing and producing more growth factor. They don't have a terminus when they butt up against each other that says shut off production of growth factor. So that's why small cell lung cancer proliferates. Um, and this, so you, you only have, you know, so many layers deep of the, the, the flat cells and then you get to those, those small cells. So mm. the same kind of thing happens. That's why the inflammation drives the formation of cancer. 
And it happens, so when people say, well, which smoke is going to affect me whenever I end up talking to pothead friends, because they exist, and more power to them, do what you're going to do. I do alcohol, because I know I'm going to be able to replace part of my liver if I need to. You know, you can't exactly <laughs> replace your lungs that easily. They don't grow back. Uh, so <laughs> so no, I'm not, I'm not judging them not judging them for, you know, fucking up their body in the way they choose. Cause we all do that. And I, I'm going to be a hypocrite on that one. But yep. when I, when I talk to them, I say, just eat it because you breathing it in is going to cause cancer. We know this for a fact. There is no if, and, or but about it now. Breathing in shit that causes irritation to your lungs in any way. And that is all smoke, any particulate like dust, all smoke, all that kind of stuff is going to do this eventually. Just breathing that in habitually on, on purpose is going to give you cancer. There's not a question about it anymore. Well, so, so there's other ways to do it, though, right? Like, and <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm a, a pothead. Obviously, I, I pee clean every single time. Um, <laughs> but uh, there is uh, one of the interesting things about that drug is that it actually uh, it the the psychoactive compound aerosolizes before right. you hit your smoke limit. So. If you're going for like, uh, what is it? Vaporizers? Is that what they call? Yeah, it? There's, there's sublimators. There's vapor. Oh, so vaporizers are those pens, the dipshit pens. So that the problem yeah. there is putting polyethylene glycol into your lungs, and that is going to no, cause not problems. there. There was so so bad. There was like this thing, right? Sublimators it was, it, is one of the things they do. Maybe that's well. I mean, that's probably more accurate. I think they called it a vaporizer or something like that. But yeah, okay. it, it, it sublimation would be more accurate. Where basically they just turn the solid into gas. Mm-hmm. And then they'd leave the leaf, the leaf particulates untouched. Yeah, basically just like heat the shit out of the leaf on a oh, piece yeah, that, of aluminum. That's what they like used that. to right. call vaporizers, but before, yeah. like, yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. That's yeah. what I thought. That's you, what you I both, thought. You both were all exactly on the same page here. So the vaporizers they talk about now are vape pens. Those are yes. or what I call and they're it. Not yeah. really and, the same and, thing. And what Craig is we're saying is technically of, correct. So they're the designed to be The technical thing is a sublimation. It's it's the same thing as like coming out to snow so, on a warm so day. So sublimation, um, sublimation had a bad. So typically, why it's called a vaporizer mm-hmm. is people one they didn't know the difference between the two phenomenon, so whatever. But two, uh, also sublimation is kind of got a bad name because it's associated with other drugs that are much worse for you, that are also what? sublimated. Yeah, so well, you can do things that would be extremely stupid, like say sublimate cocaine. Ooh, got no. it. Shit like that. Yeah. So, well, caffeine sublimates. If you didn't know. Well, this. Not that anybody this is, is this, sublimating this, caffeine. Tell me, tell me more. At which the temperature? Which caffeine sublimates? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Would you like to know more? Because I have not know caffeine. <laughs> if, if that popped up as an ad on my my Google my Google ad search, I'd be very happy. So, so the whole basis of a vape pen is is to try to achieve the same thing that vaporizing used to mean for, or so sublimating the active psychoactives. Got it. So, um, so what they have is a little have a, a hot coil inside there, and they tr- they use a carrier solvent to achieve this. That's the whole point of it. The problem yeah, is the, the ethylene solvent, glycol is terrible. Well, if they're using propylene glycol, not ethylene. Oh, propylene. So propylene yeah, glycol I mean, is not perfectly food safe. No, no, there's perfectly food safe. Perfectly food yeah. safe. Peg is 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 perfectly food safe. The problem is, and I'm talking about propylene, not poly here. Okay. The problem is that it's not supposed to go in your fucking lungs. <laughs> that is not something that it is safe for. Uh, it's it's like breathing in water that's thick. Um, it's not good for you. Yeah. So you're going to cause generalized inflammation. And they're finding this with a lot of dumbass kids these days. Uh, now, obviously, there's degrees to this. There's shades of gray. 
Uh, if you're a heavy user, you're probably going to feel like shit a lot faster. Um, so you know, take that with a grain of salt for what it is. You, may, you can probably vape to your heart's content and not be a heavy user and probably be fine for decades. You know, that's, it's not going to just cause cancer. The problem is that it's going to cause other problems. You know, so it's not causing cancer really shouldn't be your selling line if uh, if it causes other problems. Fair point. I mean, that's that's kind of a generic statement you know, for 90% becomes, of the health crises that we have like or, or replacement technologies. 99% of food falls into that. That's the thing, though. Like, yeah. Belladonna doesn't cause cancer, but it sure as shit sucks to eat it. True. You know? I mean, True. but but to be fair, reasonable. to be fair, right? That that is that is legitimately the tagline that is used in almost all technology nowadays, right? Yeah. Environmental technology is the same way. You you start talking about like nuclear plants, so nuclear plants are are pretty <laughs> safe and they're pretty robust. You start start talking wind and solar, and they're like, well, yeah, we don't we don't have fuel costs. You're like, yeah, but yeah, it costs do, you <laughs> ten times as much to build it. Like, I'm gonna say what you're doing is bypassing all the fuel that was. There's all. How the fuck did they get the thing to the site? <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm actually, I'm walking? actually, I'm less. My when it's when we start talking about like wind and solar and all those, I'm actually less uh, concerned about their transportation costs because that's not super well, huge. Environmental like, it's, it's huge, but the environmental cost is massive. Well, there's, right? there's there are bird species that are almost extinct now because of wind farms. Oh yeah. Well, that localized you, extinction here. Your your solar panels, your solar panels last for fifteen to twenty years, right? And then it's a rickra hazardous waste. It is nothing but lead, cadmium, and chromium. There's well, nothing here's the other there. Thing, here's, here's one that pisses me off. And now electric vehicles are a laudable goal. Thank you, thank you, thank you to all the early investors who are going into them now. But you're all fucking retarded because yes. um, batteries are an environmental disaster when you're doing when you're making lithium ion batteries. Well, they are and, and, and no they're way. never they're never going to improve. You can well, no, only fit can't. so many electrons within a certain here's, amount of space. Here's the, thing, here's the thing: the batteries themselves are not really the problem right now. It's the manufacturer and the complete lack of recycling. Yes, uh, because well, that's, the that's recycling process, the recycling process is so goddamn energy intensive. It is almost as bad, if not worse. Than the 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 uh, virgin mining process, virgin yes. materials mining process. So, it it um, let's let's go ahead and put this into context for uh, for the difference between an IC and an EV uh, for for these vehicles. So, combustion engine vehicles, about half of the carbon footprint of them for a ten year service life uh, has has already happened by the time you purchase the vehicle. For um, for an electric vehicle, that cost at purchase time in terms of carbon footprint is another 50%. So they've already done 75% of an IC service life of carbon footprint by the time they exist. That's just mm. from the fact that they, uh, the, the battery involved and the different way the frame's done and the engine and so on. When you talk about a 10 year service life, they get all of their energy right now from non-renewable service, uh, non-renewable sources. So most of the energy for these things comes from an inefficient electric grid that is using combustion power on the other, other side of it to generate electricity. So they are wasting power in like just in a horrible way, but as soon as we get renewables, that becomes the power generation is not a problem. And as soon as we recycle the fucking batteries, the environmental hazard. Yeah, part but but, has but renewables but renewables are it. a terrible technology. Renewables are a terrible technology. Generally speaking, yes. So solar, so solar so we like, should not we should not say that when they get renewables, right? Solar because they is won't the one. Solar is the one that is going to work. And it has to work in conjunction 
with nuclear. There's no question. We well, need well, but, but here's the problem. Here's the problem, right? Here's the problem, right? So I build a solar plant and I build a nuclear plant as backup. Why would I build the solar plant? No, no, no. So here's the thing. We need nuclear as a stopgap to get the fusion in general. We need more. So nuclear should be. So the way it works, the way it ideally would work, is that we stretch our supply of nuclear materials by using the solar power to use to top up battery backup. Well, we don't. We don't have a shortage of nuclear materials. Like right. We have. We have like ten thousand years of fissionable materials available right. to us but right we now. Have, today. We don't have ten thousand years of space for the waste of that material. But the waste, yeah, the waste is like nothing. The waste right. is a fraction of the size yeah, of the waste of solar. And we can recycle the nuclear waste and so on. I, I get it. There's, believe me, I'm on board with the whole just going with nuclear thing. I'm just saying that for sake of argument, ideally, <laughs> okay. I, 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 I don't make that concession because it doesn't make any sense. Ideally, right. what you would do is so yeah, you know that there's the idea of a baseline of base load and then surge load for the yep. grid, right? Yep. Okay, so ideally you would make sure that you'd have guaranteed base load with nuclear power, and you would have battery backup that is effectively just charged over time, either by nuclear or solar as ne as needed, depending on where you are. And then the battery backup on top of that is what ca is what takes takes up all surge load. See, and I, I disagree with that. I think the I think the appropriate structure is nuclear, hydro, and hydrogen as as a fuel base, right? And and if you did hydro, hydro can handle the surge as well as batteries without the complication of the resource, the energy intensity associated with manufacturing sure. it. And on top of that, you don't have the waste issues associated with solar panels or the longevity issues. Because, I mean, so, when we start talking about solar panels, they're like, oh, yeah, uh, look, solar's really cheap. But that only applies uh, if you sit there and hold a 20-year a 20 year cost control. If you sit uh, there and you look at a lifespan of a nuclear plant versus a solar plant, you've had to replace that solar plant eight times over the course of a nuclear reactor's lifespan. Right. So, so for solar, really the reason why we should using it is because it has so many more applications outside of the domain of nuclear and that's really the big that's the rub so fissionable materials we have them we have to actually manufacture them at the right uh, quality in order to be useful solar is not, not no 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 that's that's only if you're you're going for a uranium 235 based uh, reactor not even that, though. Well, see, so you don't even have to do so that and the plutonium reactors blah 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 and i understand there's artificial restrictions on 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 uh, supplies for these things, believe me. I mean, uh, you, can whole, run, like, you can run thorium in most most modern nuke plants, and and, and I would still rather manage... do that. I think oh, thorium. That? I think I would rather do that. I'm a full-on lifter reactor believer. I I actually am not, but that's. Uh... Well, there's so, there's problems with fluoride. Yes, but no, I think no, 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 no. Outside of that, from a radcon okay. perspective, I uh -huh. don't know how they would get a molten salt reactor up and running. Really? So I was on board with that for a really long time, and then I actually started looking at like rad dose rates and how we handle it. The, imagine what happens when a pipe breaks, right? <laughs> you are going to be spilling liquid fuel all over whatever you're going to do, and yeah, I have, have no idea how you would come back from that, right? Ignoring ignoring the chemical composition, the right, temperature right. issues, any of that stuff, I have literally no idea how you would handle the radiation. Well, Chernobyl still has the, has the elephant foot, so I, 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 the concern's right there. I get it. Yeah, that, that is very real, but you know, <laughs> I mean, well, it's it's you kind of build with that in mind, you know. That's what what's the elephant right now? It's it's got it's it's like four hundred C still, something hotter like hotter than that. 
It's still, uh, yeah. it's still glowing hot. It's that well, hot that's, right now. That, that's because nuclear is amazing and still produces energy <laughs> yeah. even when the whole system I'll, fails. I to trust a nuclear engineer to come in and say, that's our staying power. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, uh, we work We work when everything doesn't. It's still 400 degrees every, and the sun isn't shining. <laughs> every, everything looks bright when everything's bright. <laughs> yeah, future's so bright we're gonna need shades. I'm okay with that. You're, uh, you're, but I mean, like, so, so I guess for me, like, when when we start talking about solar, I just don't see a cohesive argument. Well, so like, here's the thing: there's a wait. Here's here's the argument: if you're in space, right? So period. what's wrong with nuclear in space? Heat. So what's wrong with nuclear in space? Getting rid of heat. That's actually not that hard, though, right? You have to radiate it away, and solar allows you to do that more efficiently. Now, but, I'm not but, saying that but, when you get but out if of you want to argue, if you want to argue solar in space, right? You're basically making the argument that the only thing you can go is Earth and closer, because the solar sure. energy falls off as a factor of the R squared. Right. Whereas so I can deal with the nuclear reactor heat energy in space, which, by the way, I could just vent directly, right? Like I oh, could dump oh, it into particles and put it out of the back as thrust. Right. That's but here, here's the do. thing. What is what is the what is the point of moving forward full scale of solar in space? It's the sun. What do we want to put around the sun in the next thousand years? I have no idea where you're going with this. A Dyson sphere. Uh, yeah, you 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 pull that off, buddy. Okay. <laughs> we're gonna, give, we're give gonna me, have to start getting in the point where we're we're exploding planets and harvesting them for resources to give, pull that shit. No, off. that's what I'm saying. Give me Mercury right now. That's all I need. Uh, that's all I would need is the planet Mercury. There's a nice spot on the backside because it's totally locked. There's a crater there that's relatively speaking cold. And that's so, the launch plate. Uh, that, so the whole point of advancing solar is the fact that it eventually is going to be a massive boon to us to just harvest solar. Because once you get to that point where you start and you can see it with the way that the industrialization is rapidly still growing in, in other countries that are coming up out of out of basically throwing rocks. You know, the entire Indian subcontinent is now starting to come online. China is still burning more and more. But, but I more still energy, like that, that's higher, not a cohesive argument. Arguing that that we should I'm implement saying, solar technology now, that we should pay the subsidies that we do for solar, that we should have to try to do the low balancing that we should have to do for solar, that we should have to sit there and deal with this now so that we can build a Dyson sphere, Dyson sphere somehow, you yeah. know, 10,000 years from now. That's a fucking stupid argument. <laughs> I'm just saying that, and that's uh, no, that's I, also I, a little bit unreasonable. Ten thousand. I, I, I gave a, I gave for a, a Dyson thousand sphere, there. That yes. is absolutely reasonable for a Dyson. Sphere. Well, it has exponential growth. That's the thing. Yeah, um, it does not have exponential growth. Well, you build. You're going to be build. limited. You're going to be limited to the the sheer volume of people available to build the resources that are. Required, oh, you wouldn't use and how that. fast you can strip a planet, right? And we only have so many planets that we can strip. So, well, so like I'm said, sorry. Mercury. I'm I'm going with ten thousand years on building a Dyson sphere. <laughs> anyway, the, the well, point I here think being you're unreasonably there, there are other... but nonetheless. <laughs> sure. All right. Well, I'll take a thousand years. I'll take it. We start. I you start today. You start Craig's Dyson Sphere Company. I'm okay with that. I will not invest in you until you actually get something up oh, there and make it happen. Well, and in I the meantime, hey, we've got the other conversation about ending the disease of age. So you know this this might just be a, a moot point. 
I mean, I no, will, I will pay no. the hundred thirty dollars to buy to to set up the company in Delaware, and I will call your bluff on the shit. <laughs> okay. By the so way, it is that cheap so to set in, up the in company. In a thousand years, we'll find out how much more energy you produced from your Dyson. I'll come back and piss on your grave. <laughs> we'll do we'll do the uh, the real fake podcast or whatever it is, and we'll we'll do it a thousand years from now, and we'll be like, ah, here's the reunion. <laughs> Maybe maybe just to be safe, we'll do it in thirty thirty, just so that we can match it up with the twenty twenty. Hey, hang on, hang on, hang on. no, 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 a, no, no, no. I, let's 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 go. Yeah, that the thirty thirty. There you go. How about this? How about this? So I actually have a game that got greenlit on Steam, and I set my publishing my publication date as uh, in the year nine thousand. So <laughs> or nine thousand one. So um, we can go ahead and reconvene uh, when I when I launch that game. Uh, there which you go. Happen before that year. All right, cool. I'm down. There you go. I'm. Uh, yeah. No, I'm sorry. I, I. 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 just. I see that as a. This is. This is one of the problems that I have with a lot of the climate change stuff. Is. Is you have these time horizons that are so ridiculously far into the future for like, hey, if we do this today, and you're like, okay, when's that going to come to pass? Oh, it's going to be 400 years from now. No, 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 motherfucker. You build today. What we need today. I need to eat today, I need to go to work today, and I need to sit there and have the economy run today. I don't give a fuck about 400 years from now. That's for, like, my grandchildren. Well, here's the other thing is, is in 100 years, people are going to wonder what the fuck we are doing today. Because people, universally, the planet is getting, A, richer, and B, healthier. Oh, and, yeah, absolutely. Like, it, they're gonna like we have the we will have the resources to mitigate phenomenon if they even happen. Well, not saying, not saying anybody's wrong or right here. I'm just saying, all right, let's just presume that the doomsday scenario happens in a hundred years. In a hundred well, years, we're gonna have the resources to take care of the kind problem. of thing. Is is either the city moves or it doesn't move? You know, it we, can stay in the way of the water, whatever. When you start talking about climate change literature, though, it's the only literature in the world that does not ever talk about numbers. Oh right. well, no. When well, you get just, into the numbers, actually, that's when things kind of start falling they, apart. They just don't. They don't. We don't talk about the eco- economics because if you actually decide that you want to talk about economics and climate change, well, that's perfectly fine. Then we shouldn't take any action uh, um, because it's not cost effective. Uh, what was his name? Uh, uh, oh, it's it's Lauren Lauren did it. the ones Thank that are you. trying to be uh, climate hustlers. Oh, here's here's the reason why. So this is the reason why when I go and I look at these reports, I only go and look at the working group one reports because they're the ones who do the physical basis. Yes. Now, say what you will about their conclusions because they're all wrong. <laughs> but well, the data they produce, they, the the data they produce, the the competent science part of it is the part I read. Yeah. And, and well, read and enjoy reading. I should say that I read the whole thing. But that's the part that I actually do read and pay really close attention to. Because you're not talking to look, you're not. So they they go through this whole thing where they say, "Here's our models. Here's all the problems with the models. Here's all the good things from the models. Here's where they are definitely going to work, and here's where they they probably aren't going to work." And then at the end, they say, they just they just stop and say, "Well, the world's fucked because we've we've screwed it up as humans." And I have to look at this and say, "But that's not what your graph says right above the paragraph." Oh, that reminds me of the CDC gun data when they did their uh, study on gun violence and never <laughs> talk about it anymore. Oh, you mean the one where they left out the 500,000 events every year where someone with a gun stops a problem? No, you mean the minimum 500,000 up to as right. many as 6 million. So what is it? I got – hold on here. I actually – I have something for this. I oh. have something for this because I've read those reports. 
And uh, so, so there's, there's like when you start talking about the reports, the, the so the thing for me is, right? I want to know, I want to know how much of an impact we're going to have by modulating our CO two, right? That 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 is, as oh, an yeah, engineer, percentages is the, of a degree. Bullshit. No, 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 no. I want to know exactly <laughs> what what we're going to have as an impact, right? And so what you see yeah. is you go in, and this is actually these are actually taken from uh, one of the assessment reports. I have this. I actually pulled up the PowerPoint. I'm so proud of myself. I get I get I get like nerd rage every once in a while, and I go create a PowerPoint, <laughs> and then I bury it somewhere because I realize that nobody's going to watch it or cares. Right. So, but it's really useful for conversations like this. So you go through, and it, they say the equilibrium climate sensitivity quantifies the response of the climate system to constant radiative forcing on multicentric timescales. Basically, it it figures out how much our temperature is going to go up as a result of how much CO two. So they did a sensitivity study. Yes, this is this is okay. from the IPCC, right? And they say the yeah. sensitivity is likely in the range of 1.5 degrees C to 4.5 degrees C. Who the fuck turns around and gives me a plus or minus 50% range on what's going to happen? Is yep, we're we're scientifically confident on that. Like you, I shot. Two, I I took a I took a you know I I am an American sniper. I shot somewhere between one and three miles away. Well, that sounds very impressive. It's, but there's a rather big difference between pulling off a shot at a mile and pulling off a shot at three miles. There's just a small, small margin of error there, yeah. right? Like, like I could run, I can run, uh, I can run a mile in plus or minus, you know, what is it? I can run ten miles an hour plus or minus five miles an hour. Well, <laughs> if I can run fifteen miles an hour, that's quite impressive. If no, I can run five, yeah, I can pass you while yeah. walking. This, this is exactly the kind of, of, of shit I'm talking about. Um, and the thing is, the thing that pisses me off with these is at least the science when they're when they put these in the reports, they actually say this right up in front. They say it directly, and it's very clear. What they then follow with, though, in the policy reports, is how everything is going to be the four and a half degrees. Yes. You know, just just fuck off with that noise. You don't know. Yes. And, yes. You, and, and, and the problem and they, is, and when you finally come back and reassess it, you realize that you were fucking wrong the last time. Yes. Every every single time and it continues with all, all of this other stuff and i think well, my favorite quote is, is that yeah. it says no best estimate can be given because of a lack of agreement of values across assessed lines of evidence and studies and you're like okay so so we're in a situation where we have this huge range that you know could, could be no big deal could be very big deal and they only talk about very big deal but then they start talking about how the fact that they can't even provide best estimates because there's well, a disagreement depending on how you derive your evidence. There's a very clear reason why, and it's it's the it's also the only reason why there's one model that works out of the 31 that are curated by the UN. And which model is that? The Russian model. Why is why is their model different? Because when they talk about radiative forcings, they only use positive uh, coefficients in yes. the other 30 models. In the 31st model, the Russian model, that's uh, so a, a country curates each model, by the way. In the Rus Russia's model, they allow for a negative forcing term. That's the only reason, and it, it it predicts way better, way 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 better. Now it doesn't predict perfectly, but it is just well, you know, I think objectively better, and it's because they're not saying that the fucking sun is blasting us into oblivion because they, you know, all all sun energy stays on Earth. The, yes. the Earth has an albedo, like we radiate heat. It, yes, and and equilibrium is achieved relatively oh, by quickly. The way, if you and... could toss a link for the. Uh... Russian model, so I can have that for yeah, everybody. That would be helpful. Uh, I could actually, I think it's... Um, you might even have it just on hand. Uh, I don't have it on hand, but I think I remember which uh, which. Graph. Well, I remember there's actually there's a GitHub uh, you can go to, and they, they, you can actually run these models yourself. They're all publicly available uh, by the UN. 
Uh, let's see. Uh, IPCC uh, models. It may be. Oh, that's probably not gonna help me, is it? <laughs> yeah, that's that's gonna be a bad that's search. Shit, yeah, it's gonna be a bad search. You're Russian gonna have a bad model. day. <laughs> So, so the, well, I mean, I think the other yeah. thing is that, that you st- when you start talking about having 30-plus models, right, and they have four-plus scenarios, you have 120-plus predictions. Sure. Right? If, uh, you if have you an ensemble. If you can't turn around, yeah, well, call it an, you can call it a fucking prom queen. I don't give a shit. At the end of the day, if you have 120 different predictions, then whatever ends up happening, you got a prediction for it. Right? Like, oh. it's, it's the throw the spaghetti at the wall trick. This is why right. this is why an ensemble model is called an ensemble model, because you're supposed to have one average prediction at the end. Not yeah, but they, they, they don't they don't they don't use the average prediction. They use the whole thing, and then they they go, oh well, it didn't really work this year. It didn't quite work a lot according to this this uh, the ensemble model, but it really did tie into this model. And the next year, it's oh well, this model's holding more accurate. God, what were the, the models called? There was some acronym for the damn models, and I, I can't remember the freaking name. Uh, of it. The CMI, CMP5. Or, uh, yes, no, you're right. You're, you're, uh, you're really, really, it's either that or really close. CMIP5 or uh, Climate yeah, Model. Yeah, and... um, um, CMIPS, right? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, that's... CMIP, yeah, there we go. CMIP5, uh, blah, blah, blah. So, so the, the the main thing with these kind of models, these uh, these climate models, is that the they're curated by different countries, and the uh, the parameter set they use for their CMIP five. That's what it is. So CMIP six is out now. It looks like it, um, uh, they haven't they haven't finished it. I didn't got their initial yet. results. It's going to be in the sixth assessment in twenty twenty one. I think. Yeah. No. Wait. Uh, yeah. Okay. So twenty thirteen had CMIP five and AR five. Yeah. Yep, CMIP. Uh, so 2021 is going to be CMIP 6. Climate Model Intercomparison Project. That's what it stands for. That's the one, yeah. So so yes. the um, each each country will have its own, each of the countries participating has its own curated, basically its own set of parameters they use. You know, how many of these parameters are going to be included in the model because it's a, a parametric model. Uh, and, and, you know, like I said, um, the countries that have been having poor performance, you know, so namely 30 of them, um, they only use positive coefficients. So you can think of when you when you design an equation and you want to regress something, if you want to keep a parameter positive, the easiest way to do that is to just square it. So that's one of the kind of things you can do. And it does it does speed up convergence quite significantly to do things like that. So I can understand easily why they did this, and especially given the hypothesis at the time when they were initially doing this with CMIP uh, like three or whatever. Um, they, they said, well, clearly radiated forcing is causing the warming and that should just, you know, you know, okay, hey, that looks fun. Uh, so, but they they also came up with the idea that the radiated forcing should be purely through absorption. There should be no um, albedo contribution. And that's that's largely what I think has driven the inaccuracy of these models, especially given the fact that they are they're covering events where a negative al- uh, a negative absorption is going to occur when you have reflection from, say, a volcanic eruption, things like that. If you fit these these forced positive coefficients to these regions in time where there's there's two problems work right there's two problems though right like so one of them is is that 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 you have no negative feedbacks that you're not dealing with with albedo that you're not dealing with the actual change in, in energy radiation into space that's absolutely true right 
but then you get like Zeke House Father, and Zeke House Father just put out a study. I think it was uh, like last year or the year before, and he said, "Ah, oh, the models are doing really good, right?" And peep, everybody in the climate community touted this and said, mm -hmm. "Zeke House Father has proven that the skeptics were wrong, that our models were fantastic, that they were right." Well, what Zeke said, if you go through it, is that the models are correct as long as we put in what actually happened. And you pause <laughs> for a moment. And you pause for a moment. And you say, "Okay, wait, what is it? so so so?" Let's let's paraphrase Zeke's statement. And Zeke's statement is really that climate models are fantastic. Our assumptions were wrong, and that's <laughs> if no, your that's base assumption. Right? That's that's that, exactly. Very 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 bad problem. Yeah, right. that's kind of a big deal. It is. It is a big deal. So that is so the that reason was... why we had a Mars lander plow into the planet instead of land. <laughs> well, the reason we had the Mars was it. That, no, that was the Venus. The Venus rover was a unit conversion issue. It was, it was, it was the Mars. It was the Mars one too. Uh, so that was um, we we built the thing in feet. We programmed it in meters. Yeah. And uh, so it so and just the landing part, which is what bothered me, is okay. So you programmed the rest of it in feet. What the hell happened? <laughs> <laughs> it was the fucking it was the fucking European in the room. <sighs> yeah, it's uh that was that was the weirdest thing. Is they came out with that and they're they you know they're, they're touting him as that and I'm I read his paper and I'm like wait a minute. So what he said was <laughs> was the models are great but our assumptions were wrong. Well, if you if you have this built-in assumptions that are part of your problem, then the people who are pointing out that the models are putting shitty results out are kind of correct, aren't they? Like, yeah. isn't that technically true that you were wrong? Like, but no. Yeah, no. PCMDI uh, has the CMIP. That was the thing. Okay. So they they also have they have so many fucking acronyms. All right. So oh, here yeah. is here is the uh, let's see. So this is main. CNP six page, and then here's the CNP six homepage for the actual program for client model diagnosis and error comparison. So PCD, PCMDI. Oh, okay. We'll toss. So, uh, I'm so going to toss this in. This may be a little bit older. So uh, uh, hold on a second. We just um, PCMDI. So that is that is what the actual they're trying to evaluate, and that yeah, is uh, that lower the lower one way down there. Yeah, that's that's the Russian model. Yeah, that's the, that was what I was saying. There's this, it does it doesn't do great, but it does way better. Yes, certainly certainly better than the average. Yeah, that was that. Yeah, you see that huge gap there? Uh, that's called fucking up royally. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, I, I think the thing is that that I'm you, you a big gap there was here in some of these. There is. Well, you you can actually dig in and let me let me dig into some of my more projects because, like I said, I I went crazy on powerpoints at one time. I mean, even now, at the uh, beginning, not, there's a there's a lot of difference. So here's the problem with this with this plot right now, and it's because it has so much data on this, and I run into this myself a lot because of the shit I do. There's just so much data to push onto one image. You can't really do it easily. Yeah. The the confidence intervals are not present. That I I agree. I agree. Oh, the they problem might is, agree the problem is that the confidence intervals expand over the entire thing. So you have these huge <laughs> intervals, and people are like, "Oh my god, they've been right!" And you're like, "No, no, no." First off, that's at the lower, like the lower confidence, the lower 95% CI boundary for this entire thing, and is cruising along at the lower 95% CI boundary. It's okay to have a confidence interval boundary, but it should be bouncing somewhere in between that. If it's only at the lowest portion of your boundary, then your mean is still off, right? <laughs> like, so so, so th that's kind of the whole point here. So 
when I when I, uh, especially with that in context, keep that in mind. Look at the y-axis. You can see when we were talking earlier about the difference between half a degree and like two degrees over the next fifty years, or say between two degrees and four and a half degrees. Now look at the scale here. It's between minus point four and one point six. Yes. So when he says that they cover the whole thing, it's literally correct here. Like it, there's no hyperbole. Yeah. The entire thing is within the uncertainty bounds. So. It, it, this is one of the reasons why, for instance, and this, by the way, is temperature, which happens all the time every day. This is one of the reasons why when I see people talk about hurricanes and shit on Twitter, which are an infrequent phenomenon, infre and so infrequent and extreme yeah, phenomena, in order to tell today if humans had an impact on things, not just if things were changing, but if humans had an impact, conservatively, we would have to have another 100 years of data. Well, the same thing the same, the same thing's true for, for our temperature data. Right, well, like if, much easier because it happens all the time, even if you just partially right. So a climate is defined as a thirty-year window of time. So yeah. if we're operating within a thirty-year window of time, then that means that if we go back for our data records and we only go back one hundred and fifty years, of which you know, like ninety of it is complete shit, right? right. That means yeah. that we only have five data samples. Well, so this is why I was which saying, we're trying to draw an inference but from. But this is this is that is a very limited way of looking at it. So if you look at it as a deconvolution problem, you have every single point in time going back with a window of time around it that must be considered when you're deconvoluting the value. Yeah. So we have a much, 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 much higher data density from things like temperature than from single instance events. Like yes. say a hurricane season. That that is true, but you still that run into the same thing when you start talking about uh, data that has. Oh, if, you're about, if you're talking about like good data, then yeah, the last you know you, can, you go back before like uh, 1970, and you're talking about pretty bad. Uh, yes. Well, and, and there's there's more to that, right? So the data has a known structure, right? So we have to stratify that data, which means that we have even fewer data points. So we, we know that the data, that we, we sample twice per day. We sample once once at the minimum, which is typically around like six in the morning, once in the afternoon, which is typically around three or four. And, and that's supposed to be happening in numerous locations. Well, we know that based on where that temperature station is supposed to be, that is going to have structure. Right. We also know that the data is going to have structure depending on what time of the year it's sampled at. So we control for the day to day and we control for the location on the Earth. And that means that we have two factors that are limiting the actual number of data points that we have that we can compare because we have to basically weight average in these things and wait or we have to average in the, the, the structure for the year. And we have to average in the structure for the location, which means that we have far less data than what we would think we would have if we were to just look so, at a bunch of random so temperatures. The point here being that largely, if we're talking about a, um, if we're talking about data density, we have more years. So we have we have you know we can either partition it by season, month, day, whatever the hell you want. We can still look at averaging on these things, and it's we get a much higher data density from yes. temperature, from humidity, from blah 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 blah. The point is that climate doesn't happen on a weather scale. Weather doesn't happen on a climate scale. And when you start confusing these two things, it just gets really frustrating. And then you point out the fact that you'd have to wait such a ridiculous amount of time to tell anything about today, where the problems they're predicting that would happen would happen before that time even arrives. So there really isn't a like so the whole entire thing becomes a post facto excuse for pushing their own bullshit policy. Yes. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with that. Arrived from from the 1980s when they fucked up the first time and said the whole planet was going to freeze. 
Oh, but didn't you know that that was only some scientists at that time? Yeah, it was only some scientists, every single one of them. And yeah, they were wrong and they admitted it, sure, except that some of them were still saying that they weren't wrong. They just had the wrong outcome. Yeah, well, I mean, that's... that's, that's uh... Oh, much better, thank you. They learned they learned a lot of valuable lessons from psychology. I'm pretty. Well, they pretty learned a lot of valuable that. lessons about how to speak bullshit from politicians. All you have yeah. to do is put them out there to say what you're saying, and they can put a big smile and a donor on it. <laughs> Funny how that works. Yeah, I, I no, I mean he's absolutely right. Like they, this is it's a it's a ridiculous thing where you start talking about them and they 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 do have these predictions, and the predictions fail every time. Like every single time you try to pin them down and you say, okay, I want you to tell me what's going to happen in a reasonable period of time that we can test, right? And they'll, they'll give you a timeline that is quote-unquote reasonable and it's 20, 30 years in the future. And it turns out that 20, 30 years passes and none of that stuff happened. Well, look, right? we were going to have no Florida in 2010. And clearly that worked out so well for that PowerPoint in 2000. And, right. uh, and then, of the course, that was supposed to happen again. By the way, we're only, what, like four four months away? from the end of that we only have 18 months to save the world bullshit yep. uh, so, so of course we're going to pass that threshold and nothing's gonna fucking happen yep and it's and it just boggles my mind uh, and you know they're gonna say oh but we had the whole shutdown we saved the planet by fucking the economy and half the population give me a goddamn break and you know that that post facto shit's gonna come there's oh yeah well i mean that's that's it's already like kind of arisen right like yeah, and the, like the crazy part is the crazy part is you start turning around. I know that we, we have our disagreements on masks and policy and all this stuff, but sure. you start talking about you start talking about things like New York, right? And New York's turning around and arguing. I I have to. I know that I'm New York centric, right? For, forgive me, <laughs> but Cuomo shoves his fucking dirty dick down my throat all the time. So, yeah. <laughs> right? The nature of living so in there, NY. It is. It's just part of the process. So, so Cuomo turned around, and it was—I think it was like June or July or whatever—and he started putting out these ads saying, "We know what works. It's masks, right?" So, so you're like, "Okay, well, let's take a look at the data." And what the data ends up showing is that by—I think it was uh, New York's peak was hit in like April. 14th through the 20th, somewhere in there, it might have been like April 17th. Sure. Either way, right around that, plus or minus a day or two, right? There's a study that comes out that did serum testing on individuals in New York and found out that it turns out that halfway through, right, right when we're at peak, 25% of New York had already been infected. You know what that means? That means we hit fucking herd immunity. It's not masks that cause the reduction in actual risk rate. It's because everybody who could be infected got infected, and now there's nobody else who can transmit it. That's what ended up happening in New York. This is where I have to call bullshit on that. But I'm not gonna like I'm not gonna get into some diatribe on it right now. I think we can all just agree that Cuomo is a piece of shit. Yeah, I mean that's that's just a given. <laughs> I'm, and there's if we're talking in this policy, specific regard, mind. I mean, there's all kinds of other reasons he's a piece of shit too, but just I mean, specifically yeah, but, about this. Let alone him and his dipshit brother with a giant novelty swap. <laughs> Fucking mooks. Anyway. <laughs> uh, no, Cuomo so like, is the, uh, the most punchable face important. on television. <laughs> As opposed to the kid, right? <laughs> yeah. 
I, uh, I, I just, I remember, I remember trying to watch him in the last election cycle. Like I was trying to watch CNN, and I, all I wanted to do was just hit him. So I don't hard. know why it was just this unmistakable urge that he just, he just needed it. It's so. I, here's the thing: it, it, if for people listening, I fully, wholeheartedly recommend you. You must go and find news sources that are just that you would think otherwise are trash. Like it, imagine, like I think of, I, I think of, uh, of CNN as, as being like, as being like the tabloids, except given a, a shit fun time of money for no reason and airport uh, preference. But, <laughs> so, so I, but I think of, to me, they're, they're a little more than uh, at this point, a conspiracy blog with the occasional news item. They're just insane and they're insufferable, but I still end up watching some of the shit that comes out of them. On purpose, because you've got to watch people you disagree well, with. Well, it's like watching a train crash, right? You oh, just can't look too. away. There's... You can't look away. It's it's going to happen, and it's gonna be bloody, and it's gonna be terrible, and you don't want it to happen. Like I, I try not to watch it very often. Because I, I like having a low blood pressure, given my proclivity to hypertension. But like when I when I I have to watch them sometimes because I needed to see other perspectives. Because yes. If you start isolating yourself in these fucking echo chambers, you turn into CNN <laughs> or, or Alex Jones, his crowd, or the QAnons. The Q- I, I love QAnon. I got to tell you, I love watching. I, I, you, you're gonna have to. So, so I know this is gonna sound terrible, but my only understanding of QAnon was it looked like a random post. Yeah. On our, on 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 Pretty you much. know like right band, right and, and it's basically. It's basically random shit that somebody typed up while stoned and or drunk. Yeah, it's right? some boomer. Kind it's it's like so that. what happened is someone someone shit posted and they call themselves Q, and it was a, it was a throwback to like James Bond as a joke, and boomers believed it. No, they they, they well they, not, they got, not I mean right away, but it just got, uh, it. It kind of went that same way that stuff does when it hits the chans, and uh, it got like imagine fun. Like Q posting was a cool, fun thing to do, and then boomers found it. And but like imagine, imagine though, a a, a bunch of people, a bunch of boomers found 4chan, and this is the thing they got that that stuck them like flypaper. No, because they it's so believable. If you you know they're sitting there like everything's post facto justified and. You know, it's like see this. This. I mean, it's it's like it's like reading Nostradamus. Yeah. Right. Kind of. Like yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's, it's basically it's basically a schizophrenic's rant on a page, and then somebody comes in and justifies it with real world events. Exactly. Yeah, Trust no, the plan. That's QAnon, but it takes okay. it takes the form of evangelical Christianity too, and it's hilarious. Just, I, uh... just boomers on YouTube. Talking about how they're trusting the plan, they believe everything is going to happen. They know w- Trump is going w- to G one two three G four A, whatever the fuck that is. <laughs> trust the plan. Trust the plan. Everything is going according to plan. You predicted this. Wow. It, it's, yeah, but it just if and then you all you have to do is poke one with a stick on Twitter and then just watch watch the friends come in and tell you how you're just. So, you're just some blue wave dipshit. Oh, you young libtards! You know, oh, I've, I've, I, I hate to say it, but I've actually gotten sick and tired of poking people with sticks on Twitter. I, wow. I've had enough of it. 
<laughs> I, I I actually have a I like you realize eventually that you have better things to do, yeah. but like true. Well, I, you always I, do. Well, that's what also that's what happens. If I ever, I don't ever worry about ending a discussion on Twitter, uh, <laughs> if, I, if I really care, I'll come back and find it. <laughs> so so if I just like don't if I get bored, I'll just stop. Uh, and you can okay. do that, by the way. And and I I also have like two thousand people for whatever fucked up reason following me. And I follow- I, well, so, so I actually I was trying to figure that out. I was trying to figure that out, and I believe it's because you have highly emotional takes, right? The you also have white content, quite a and few emojis content. in your uh, username as well. That oh yeah, so the major difference between your content and my content, I believe, is roughly equivalent to the number of times you call people a retard. I, I'm pretty positive. <laughs> That is like it is a one for one correlation there oh because God. I gain subscribers when I do that. I just don't really like. I get so sick and tired. I'm like, oh yeah, he's he's retarded. Oh, yeah, that's a retarded conversation. Oh, I, no, I, don't want to do that I, one. I already I, walked down that line. I've been shitposting on here since like 2009. Here's the other thing: is I, I got to have so much fun being Godfrey that like I just didn't get her, give give a shit anymore when that all had collapsed on us. What's so, that? I was um I was one of the people behind Godfrey Elphick. Oh yeah, that, that's oh, a thing. Just by the way, by the way, <laughs> really? By the way, I didn't really. I thought that was a one person thing. No, <laughs> we were laughing our asses off. Oh, that's too bad. I would have loved to have been part of that project. So so uh, this, that should happen in like 2014, um, and with uh, Tony and and me and uh, Lisa and and, and, uh, and several others. <laughs> and, and that was, no, because and I'm I'm probably the furthest right of all the people that were involved, and I'm fairly centered on a lot of things. You know, I'm, I'm pretty socially, I'm pretty liberal, libertarian on things. You know, basically just if you're not doing it in my yard, I don't really give a shit. Yeah, uh, don't bitch about it at, uh, to me later. Oh, so and you're then, a Darmok um, super soldier. And I'm then I'm fiscally conservative. You know, I think yep. you should pay for your own bullshit. Oh, de- yep. Then um, definitely a Vermont super soldier. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm anything anything to the right of Mal. Yes. Uh, <laughs> So, so like I'm, I'm fairly. I could say I'm a little more liberal than say my parents are, but that's pretty typical of everybody. So, well, it, it all so depends, I, right? I'm, so... I'm the furthest. I'm the only person probably in the group you could have actually said and not have been totally wrong as on the right. <laughs> everybody else, everyone else in there, full on lefty. It's just that they saw this progressive shit come in, and it was too fucking funny. Well, and that's the thing is you you start uh, you start digging in right like the 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 progressive stuff was is crazy the liberal stuff I used to I used to kind of get along with the the liberal stuff and then they started doing purity testing and bouncing everybody out right so you you be the nuclear engineer in a in a, a liberal cabal and that's not going to happen you last you last a very short period of time before somebody tells you how wonderful wind is so like and Tony- how, you should, how you should renounce your sins for eating meat. So Goddard's was a um, was a personality that Tony made up as part of a, a shit post in Slime Pit. So if you remember the Atheism Plus days and all that kind of stuff, I do. Sadly. So you know, so then you remember Slime Pit as being kind of the counter to that, which was like, "Hey, you guys are all full of shit. Why are you fucking each other in hotels and bitching about rape? Um, where did this even come in? We're talking about God not existing." So uh, Slime Pit was the kind of the the reaction to the the way overbound steps by uh, atheism plus and so Tony is from there. Ahem, rational so, wiki. Ahem. Yeah, right. What? <laughs> the rational dude. If you want to see some funny shit, it's like conservapedia for libtards. 
Conservapedia for libtards. Okay. I, yeah. I think I've run into Rational Wiki once or twice. It's it it's a gem. An absolute gem. Really? You familiar oh, with Reset Era? <laughs> so, so, so you gotta... So, Science I Reset am familiar, Era. There, yeah. is, there are certain things that I am familiar with. Like, I'm familiar with Atheism Plus because all the skeptics that I was interested in talked about it. Right. But I came into the Internet Wars in, like, 2014 with Gamergate. Uh, I came in on that train. And science I didn't even Kotaku come in, like, in action. Uh, it was it was actually cracked. That's what brought me in because they put uh, they put whatever her face was, what, I can't Zoe Quinn or whatever. They put her her friggin' article up, and it was so ridiculously <laughs> nonsensical that I turned around and it flipped every single bullshit switch that I have. Right? Yeah. Because right. engineers, right? we're trained. We're not trained to sit there and tell you what is true. We don't know what's true. Nobody knows what's true. But we absolutely 100% can tell you what's false. Just, right. just right off the bat. That's the only <laughs> thing that we're really good at is, nope, that's not going to work. Right? No, and so she comes out here. Saying it. That's the other thing. What's that? We can point a finger and say, nope, that's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> We get paid to do that, and that's really what our job is, is to literally say, nope, that's not going to work. Nope, that's not going to happen. If you want this to work, here's what you got to yeah. do. That's, oh, by the way, wanna... the entire field of consulting. Yes, that, that's really what it is. That's really what it is. So so I came in on this, and I'm like, there is no way, there is no way that you put every single internet buzzword for the last, like, six years into one article of terrible things that have happened to you. There is no way. There has to be another side. There is – it's just not possible that anything like this could happen, mm-hmm. right? It's like it's like the, the, the girls that get caught and, and sit Steve, there and – the earth you is know, flat. I don't know what you're talking about. Of, uh, what's that? <laughs> the it's earth like is the, quite the girls... flat. Excuse you. <laughs> Nikon Coolpix D9000, hello? <laughs> <laughs> so, so I came in in 2014, right? So I have kind of like – I've gone back in time a little bit. But I didn't actually have the joy of experiencing Atheism Plus. I just got to see everybody bitch about it. Right. And then I got to see them descend into into games and watch that whole shit show. And then I, I got to watch it descend into comics. Oh, yeah. And then Let me I just kinda, bust like... in for a quick second on you guys. I'll see if I can't get Mikeru to uh, come on with us. And we can actually oh, have a, a real deal talk about uh, Rational Wiki and Atheism no. Plus. Oh. But Mikey, he got pissed at me before. He, like, went off deep end. He's... I, I mean, he's, he's a passionate man. He's a very right. passionate I can, man. I can appreciate that. I hope he's Driven. calmed himself down a bit. Uh, no. <laughs> Damn it. No, no, he got burned by these people, and uh, the, the fire yeah. burns bright in him. Yeah. Okay, then. No, I, I think it's because I had anything to do whatsoever with Mercedes Carrera, and he just instantly honed oh, he, in on that. He does not like that woman. Oh. He Are you kidding her. me? Are you kidding me? Like, she and I were actually friends for a good long time. Like, right? Like, actual, not no shit. Like, we talked way outside of public domain stuff, and like, yeah, we used to I, talk to DMs and shit, right? Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, we we did all the time, and and like, it got to the point where I think I think I drew like so so I always fence everybody in based on what threat level they could pose, and then I, I keep them in their little fences, and I nuke them when they, they cross the fence boundary. And so I, I let her I let her play outside of the electric fence for a little bit, and then she decided that she wanted to, like, have Skype conversations. I was like, nope, nope, not uh, going to happen. I'm a married man. That's not going to happen. Yeah, We're not coming to 
anywhere near that. There's a boundary there. I'm sorry. <laughs> There's a boundary. And she insisted. I'm like, nope, this was a game. I wanted to see what how this would play out. And it played out far better than I thought. And that was that was the end of the whole entire thing. Like it was I, I felt really bad after I pulled that switch, but then she like went off the deep end, and now she's in prison forever. Right? Yeah. With that's... no trial, by the way. Oh yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's I actually that's a whole completely other yeah. thing. Good God, we've gotten off on a weird tangent, haven't we? Well, I mean, it's it's uh, it's 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 kind of rekindling. August never ends. Well, what were you uh, trying to do? Make this a podcast? I thought it was fake. Oh, right. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, we are talking about fake people, so, you know, what are, what are you going to do? Uh, uh. Uh, actually, you know, you know she's, she still there. hasn't gotten trial yet. Jesus, really? That's, that, that is, oh, you know, two years is kind of around the time, but she's in jail for all that, so that's kind yeah. of... Yeah, like, it's no no bail, no trial, no nothing. <laughs> yeah, well, right you know, a speedy trial, my ass. As you're deemed a, 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 a risk posed to children, it's kind of... Need your hair trigger. You had to be uh, in the one conservative alcove in California. Well, I I think to be fair, right? To be fair, I don't think that that's what actually happened. So if you if you dig into it a little bit, it turns out that uh, that her ex husband was like super hardcore, hyper religious, mm-hmm. and, yeah, and possibly a crazy person. Very likely to be a crazy person. And when you start talking about kids talking to cops. It turns into a shit show very quickly if the cops yep. don't take enormous precautions psychologically, right? right? Because kids are overwhelmingly willing to please, and especially with an authority figure. Like, it, it's it, if there's anything that psychology like if, says, it uh, says say instance, that you do not you're a, have. You're a director and you work for Netflix and you want to tell a story, <laughs> you know? Kids Stop, are very, uh, very impressionable. Banned. No. You're banned from everything. No. That, and uh, no. you know, no. and then and then Netflix no. says go for it. No, and, uh, no, and, no, and yeah, no. And then everybody head. says no. Exactly, yes, that and that that's what happened. Everybody it's, says that, no. We're we're You're about no. To cross the barrier. <laughs> well, There's we already live in a society, I'm, so I'm I mean, whatever. You, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Dan, that electric fence light is blinking really far and really really bright right now. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Society uh, warning. <laughs> Seriously, but yeah, no. So my my guess is it actually like I, I I the fact that there hasn't been a trial, the fact that there hasn't been any evidence, the fact that there's nothing that's really moved on it in any way, really makes me think that it probably wasn't as severe as uh, as it was originally chalked up to be. But well, she just happens to be in the the right circle of everybody hates her. So or, you know, it could also be that. It could also, oh my God! It could also be that like she's basically taken one for the. Oh, she's a. Uh, um, she's being made an example of. And, and, and that's, that's true a too. Very real possibility. I mean, like, like I, I said, said, she was. Yeah, I'm uh, pretty sure she on. was living in like the one conservative alcove that's in that area of California at all. Uh, so actually, I mean, of course they're going to so make a. a if you, an if you talk to a lot of folks who are from California, the majority of the state land-wise is actually pretty conservative. The problem is that it's like L.A. and the San Francisco Bay Area has almost all of the population. Well, yeah, I think she was somewhere around that area, and there's like two places in and around L.A. and uh, just fucking SoCal in general where conservatives can be, and they aren't hunted yep. like, you know, 
rabbit dog. Yeah. I'm looking at my so I got I got kicked off Skype a, a while ago um, with a with an account I had, had for a long time, and and I'm just looking through some of the stuff that I had sent. <laughs> Oof. You know, or, or not sent, but like was sent to me as part of the groups I was in. And just some some oh, gems. Oh really? Just some gems here. Oh, so so are yeah. you part of are you part of Titanium McGrath? No, that's just that's all Andrew Doyle. Oh, okay. He actually wasn't even part of uh, of Goddard. What he is that? That is hilarious. Is what that is. <laughs> you remember the one where he? Uh, <laughs> you remember the end of the Cell Games, right? Where he took him. The what? This, you remember the end of the Cell Games, the saga, when he took him to uh, he took him uh, elsewhere to save everyone. No, I don't. Uh, well, that was that's the joke being implied here. Got it. Because he he decided to explode himself to uh to take out the Earth and then Goku took one for the team so to speak. <laughs> oh, that's a that's a fucking Dragon Ball Z deep cut right there, Jesus. Yeah, that spoilers, is, man. That is... Goodness no, so gracious! I, my my entire experience with Dragon Ball Z was I think I spent a a week with my grandparents and it was on a Dragon Ball Z marathon on Cartoon Network. Uh, and I think by the end of the week he still hadn't finished charging up. Yeah, that's, right? a, that's no, the that, whole entire. That's thing. absolutely <laughs> accurate. I think I think it was, it was like it was like this one supercharge up that he had to go to to beat Vegetable or whatever his name is, right? <laughs> it was vegetarian. No, that, there, no that, that is a great euphemism for the entire thing, too. He went and he beat Vegetable. <laughs> and it was, I think it was, it literally, like, it extended beyond the end of one season, because they did the whole, like, trailer for the next season bit that they did. And, and it, it went into the next season, and he still hadn't finished charging up. Like, somehow Goku was not, never done. So, the, the, the funny thing is, the show ah, goes by season. Jesus, we're under attack. I'm sorry. That was me killing a bottle. Don't worry, we're all safe now. <clears throat> so, so it's funny the way that it works in that show is it doesn't just go by season; it also goes by saga. So, like by um, by thematic thing that's happening. So, the Cell Saga is one thing. You know, the the um, thing where Vegeta arrives to Earth the first time—that's its own thing. Shall we so, open up another can of worms with the Brawly Saga? There you go. So, um, so those, voice actor those are, and anyway. Hmm. Yeah, we're not going to go ahead and talk about Bulma being a huge cunt in reality. <laughs> this is way too much Dragon Ball Z for me. I mean, we're doing deep cuts. We might as well cut the cut as deep as we can, right? Yeah, go go right ahead. I just I have no knowledge well, you know, of Dragon she's Ball probably Z one of the, that one week. She's one of the women on the earth that probably deserves to have female circumcision done. Yeah, uh, in it. Minecraft. In Minecraft, yes. Uh and when I say deserves, I mean like um, has done things in life that actually do warrant having physical damage done to a person in Minecraft. Yeah, or or you know to receive the fullest extent. Of well, maybe the maybe Fortnite, were. maybe Fortnite, possibly. because Hassan is a Hassan is just a huge dick um, in his own mind, but not in reality. Now that I've completely killed that momentum. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Straight into it. I want to know who did that. (laughs) I just want to make sure everybody has got that. uh, That I I was the one who fucked up. Now that we've done that, we can continue on with uh, what was it we were talking about before? Um, The Electric Universe, right? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I think we were somewhere around there. I'm pretty sure we actually had some show topics at one point, but, you know. Uh, Well, do you want to talk about COVID? (laughs) 
no, no, I don't want to talk about COVID anymore. Yeah, it's, so it's still a thing. COVID. Oh, I do actually it have one thing I do want to say about that. The uh, the AstraZeneca test has been resumed after going through some safety concerns. So it was a, it was a, it was a standard procedure for stopping it um, stopping the test to assess the individuals who are having potential difficulties. Yeah, so it's, that's always that happens it's always. Regardless of whether or not it's published on, that always happens. If somebody has a, a thing that could either be a reaction, an ad, like an adverse reaction, or something else that's going on, could be an external interference, like having a secondary infection. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, dude could have just totally caught something else. Yeah. Because they're not, like, in the lab the whole time. They come back. So, uh, they wanted to make sure that people weren't having problems. Now, and... Is that the one that's testing live virus, or no? Uh, this one, it, the AZD-1222, it's a weakened version of the adenovirus that's been engineered to code for the um, spikes okay, so on COVID-19. Yeah. So they, uh, they, they're using a, um, using a standard model that they coded with uh, the uh, protein residue. So they can try to, get, try to get a reaction to the protein residue because the human body is very good at reacting nicely to the adenovirus. So without sensitization is, is really the concern there. Yeah, basically it's it's trying to get your body to recognize that uh, configuration of cell. Yeah. Okay. Biotech. Biotech is one of those things that uh, it's really interesting, and there was a time that I was really good with it, and it has it has faded. So here's something. Okay, you can't get into that without a PhD. So here's something that's, that can make it really seem um, – this is oversimplified by a long shot, but it's – more or less captures the idea. The body's pretty good at recognizing adenovirus, and it's also pretty good at recognizing this kind of this kind of uh, test bed strain of it, um, weakened as it is. And the what what the body also can do is recognize things that are on this thing it already recognizes as new, and then attack that specifically. So you can kind of train the, the immune system in that way um, with these these kind of manufactured weakened substrates, so to speak. So well, you, do, you, decorate, you decorate it with the other stuff that resembles the thing you don't want your body to let go through. And uh, then the immune system will generate new antibodies for that as well. So that's kind of the idea. Now, what you don't want is that sensitization issue. You don't want to have that, that um, enhancement effect. Which can lead uh, to uh, kind of the cytokine storm that is exactly. killing so many people. That's precisely what they don't want to do. That's exactly why they decided to halt the test and reassess the individual. So I don't know what kind of dosing schedule they're using, or if they did like a you know one shot and done thing like you do with the flu vaccine, uh, or if they're doing a, um, a multi shot thing, or if they're just kind of doing uh, multi sampling even. Yeah, they, so they, they're was, not was, really was, clear on that. So you and, know, and I, I think the uh, I, I think the real test for the vaccine is going to be see what happens if Trump endorses it. <laughs> I I don't oh think God. we need to wonder what will happen. Oh, there. We're going I, to see oh, a lot of anti vaxxers happy. It we already saw so happy. No, he, we already saw this. Fifty percent of the country went anti vaxxer overnight about a month ago because of because he said things are going okay, and they said, well, you know, remember Russia comes out and they register they decide to register their vaccine before testing it. Yeah, um, and because and, and I'm not going to trust a vaccine that hasn't been tested yet, but I at least know what needs to be done for a test. Um, a lot of people just decided outright that they're not going to have anything to do with it because Trump said it was a good idea. It's like, well, it hasn't been tested enough. It's like, well, you were just saying you needed a vaccine. Yeah, but it's too soon. It's like, okay, well, how do you know? You don't like 
like I'm not a, a I'm not a virologist, and I know that I need to wait about 12 months for a vaccine to come out because you need to have about that long for to make sure you don't have an enhancement effect. But that's I was you know, I, I was kind of hoping because they were originally hoping that they were going to produce a vaccine by June. Uh, there was some, right. some well, I mean, Australian there labs that thought they had vaccines. a rapid development test well, so, out there. For well, here's the thing: you also have to realize that I mean, technically, uh, we do. We've got a number of vaccines right now. Yeah, we just don't in, have in purely technical terms, we have a number of vaccines that look really mm-hmm. good. Like probably not a work, but and is a big well, but. So, so here's the thing: is we've also been working on coronavirus vaccines for humans to try to, to tackle this one for the last 25 years. So when people say, "Oh, but the, it takes like years to do," blah blah, you know, okay, okay, but we have 25 years before start of this thing yeah there's a lot of infrastructure so, in place to actually kind of deal with this as a matter of fact yeah, we, oh yeah we had talked previously about a phage that's been modified to actually specifically target sars which is completely yep. out of its wheelhouse i mean right. we're doing some really amazingly novel things. I, I i i mean when when you start talking about biotech and the biotech pipeline 90 percent of the biotech pipeline is stuff that's r and d and being modified to be used into into its former use right like right. the actual as we go along with biotech biotech will get cheaper it's right. in the earliest of earliest phases right now especially when you start talking about the fact that sequencing machines didn't really come out until the late ni- the early 90s uh, but when we got good sequencing machines, we completed the Human Genome Project, what, 25, 30 years ahead of schedule? Well, yeah, so, that was Craig Ventner's, uh, his his uh, project uh, suddenly leapt forward. Right. So, uh, so when you start when you start talking about this, like it doesn't it doesn't surprise me that we're getting a vaccine within a relatively short period of time. Um, I also know that that it it wouldn't surprise me if we saw if it took five years, but it's also not going to surprise me if it takes you know. 12 months. So, so the thing is, so 12 months is basically how long it should take to test the vaccine. Making the vaccine itself, um, we've, we've already got a variety of them, and that and there's a lot of them actually already that seem to have promise, which is good. Um, but yeah, the, I think it was nuts how, how when Russia decided to register their vaccine prior to testing, which is not something that the U.S. does, by the way. That's that's the reason why it was weird and, uh, for us to see that. Uh, and it was, also, it was funny that everyone's touting it's like the first one registered, blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, we could have registered ours. But we would have we would have also had to say the same way Russia had to we hadn't tested it yet, uh, which is we're not going to do as a country because we're not stupid. So um, oh now 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 we are very stupid. We're not that. We're stupid. just not that stupid. There we go. Yes. <clears throat> Get me honest on that shit. <laughs> but like it just you know look at like he he he's basically made half the country at this point into the anti-vaxxers that everyone and their fucking mother-in-law were ready to hate on just prior to the, the whole pandemic erupting. Literally one like, year ago. Anti-vaxxers are stupid. And like, there's a lot of them that are smart, but you don't have to be, you don't have to be ignorant to be stupid. You can be very smart and very stupid. Well, I mean, like when, when it comes to vaccines, I actually I have a range of responses, right? So when you talk sure. about your MMRs and some of the other stuff, your childhood vaccines, I entirely 100% support that. But in general, I won't go get the flu vaccine every year because, A, it's like a 50% or less chance that it's actually going to be the, the real vaccine. And, B, the immunity that you get is less significant than what you would get otherwise. So, 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 like, I said, you know, so like I said, there there's – there's a difference between that measured response and I saw that kid get autism in front of my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that one. 
That's my favorite. God, that guy is so dumb. Oh. Uh, and or, or Danny or Danny McDipshit who um who decided that, that her kid didn't have autism anymore because she cured it with uh with her diet. <laughs> I, I mean, actually, it wouldn't surprise me if milder cases you can probably correct with appropriate diet exercise and like whatever, but certainly not severe cases. Here's the other thing about that though: the reason why we had a rise in prevalence and not incidence is because we expanded the definition. If you define yes. more people to have autism, yes, more people are going to have autism. Yeah, well, it wasn't and it wasn't that long ago, right? So, so right, I, I was diagnosed a long time ago with Asperger's, which is technically autism, but then right. they rolled all that shit in. So now I'd technically be autistic, and you're like, Wait, what the fuck are you talking about? Right. No, it, it's a completely different thing. It, I am functional as a human being. I can operate in modern society. I just have a tendency to piss a lot of people off while I do it. Right. So this is the kind of thing I'm talking about. And like, so, so like I said, there's a difference between a measured response to the, the idea of vaccination and that, well, you know, if we eat peaches, somehow things are going to be better. Right. So, you know, that, the whole, the whole thing there and come back and look at the way that vaccines right now are going to be an issue. We, we turn, we have so dumbed things down that uh, in, instead of, Instead of that level of stupidity being the threshold for my kids not getting vaccinated, it's now well, Trump said it's a good idea. Yeah, that's that's really quite uh, quite something. I I you know what I I actually don't I'm not opposed to him sitting there and coming out and endorsing the vaccine because then we can let natural selection take its place, right? <laughs> like I would be okay with that. That would so, be a so great here- thing. Trump should come out and start endorsing like all the medications that we've ever produced, and that way we can wipe out a good portion of the people who are just too stupid. So here's where I have a problem. (laughs) There's a specific side of that morality that you're missing out on here. Aside from just, you know, if we we objectively admit the uh, Machiavellian nature of it, which, by the way, I fully appreciate. You have to to include the people who are actually protected by herd immunity who who are legitimately should just, you know, actually be able to fall into that branch of natural selection and not the one where they just die. Um, so, for instance, there are people out there who are immunocompromised, cannot be vaccinated, or whose bodies just simply do not respond to vaccines. Um, and they have to and, be around and, these awful people. Right. Well, for one, they have to be around these awful people anyway. And yeah, that, and that's, that's if they're stuck there, you might as well just end their lives. But if we're going to go ahead and go on with the idea of having a functional population that's still going to exist at the end, then we should also consider the fact that maybe they deserve to live. Well, I mean, I understand, you know. but 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 I, I get that. I get that. But it's think of all the bathwater that you get to throw out if you sacrifice a few babies. <laughs> look, all right, like like, like there I, goes. I, I look, think you're going a little bit deep on the pragmatism here. Look, King Solomon, you can have your half baby if I get to keep the whole baby. All right. Okay. All right. I just want. I just want. I just want a few, a few for snacks. <laughs> Look, if uh, that bathwater, if that bathwater has like Gatorade in it already, you know, like maybe, you know, uh, you can make. Like, you know a, what? A I think, bird. I think it's got five G in it. I think it's five G. Five G and oxygen in it. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, the notorious five G oxygen bathwater. <laughs> bottle that and sell it. I imagine it would cure Corona. Just, just, just get the get the the Dell whatever the fucker name is lady to uh to sit in it for a little while. 
Yeah, but that's not going to oh be five G oxygenated bathwater. Oh, are you talking on top of that? Yeah, yeah, on top of that. Oh, you make- okay, so it'd be like uh, have some sort of uh, holy aura, and I, I don't mean holy as in religious. Mm. Well, it's, it's it certainly would give you uh, more more of a holy miasma, I should say, as opposed to aura. You know, all all I have to say to this is I see all the feminists bitching all the time, and all I sit there and do is go, "Oh my god, if I was a chick, I could monetize the shit out of my body, and it would be great. My student loans would be paid for. <laughs> I would have been a stripper till I was like thirty-two. It would have been great. God." <laughs> It's uh, that's so the wrong method. <laughs> it uh, yeah, it kind of is. And I will say this: I actually worked at a strip club. I was a DJ there. So you meet. It takes a particular kind of woman to work in a strip club, and there's there's like three kinds. You've got you've got uh, you know exactly what you expect, <laughs> which I don't think I need to go into any more detail with that. Other than that, uh, you know, somebody that has a good body, and that's all. Uh, Then you've got the um, down on her luck, which that can go any number of ways. From down on her luck body, to down on her luck mind, to down on her luck life, to down on her luck society, what have you. And then you have the smart girls. And those get divided. And there's very, very few of those. I am presuming in my 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 monetization <laughs> strategy that I fall into that latter category. Even a because, smart girl. <laughs> yeah, I, I I I'm okay with that. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna presume that's the case because okay, well, we'll run if I realize your that I monogrammed with it, man. bath water, I would be making so much money. But nobody wants my bath water. Nobody wants thirty five year old engineering male bath water. That is not well, something that's that anybody. You're wants. not marketing it right. It's all in the frame, dude. <laughs> You've got to, you've got to, you're, you're totally downselling yourself when you should be upselling. Uh, yeah, you're hey, an man. engineer, like man. Engineer a solution hey, hey. to this. That's true. I'll have to convince my wife that she needs to get on the marketing for my bath water. My bath See, water. See, endorsed by women. There it is already. <laughs> See? See, now you're thinking with your engineering mind. Mm. Problems have now, solutions, my friend. Counting a... Counting my my profits in the pennies per, I'd lose more money on shipping. Let's be honest. You I don't will, know. You will make out. pico dollars, sir. Look, look, look! You're also looking at here as a distribution issue. What you have to do is tell them that you're piping it directly into their house through their faucet. There you go. Well, I mean, after all, it's everything. All of my bath water goes through the water cycle, so some of their water is some of my bath water. So really, they should already be paying you. Yes, they should. That should. Uh, yes. <laughs> I, mean, so, I think saying, of all the licensing money you're missing out on right now. Go go full, full on Jerry Falwell here, and uh, make sure that they know that they can only get away with doing this so long before you find out about their sins. <laughs> oh my god! I don't even know how far out of field we've gotten with this. Well, so far we're into how we can monetize my body as a 35-year-old engineering male, and that's a pretty good place to be. I like this place. This is good. Well, I mean, it's good for you. <laughs> you know, make, I mean, you know, what is it they say? Uh, make that Skrilla. I, I, I mean, I really would, though. Skeet, like, skeet. You start, start, 
God. start sitting there and you talk to girls and, and they're like, oh, yeah, I did this. I, you know, I got paid. I remember being in my engineering classes and you get the girls who would go out and like hawk Bacardi rum at a college party or something like that. They're getting paid 60 bucks an hour. I'm like, well, <laughs> I chose the wrong I chose the wrong gender when my soul was assigned. This is unfortunate. God, you're just reminding me of being back in college now. Fucking hell. It's true. It's true. You know it's true. Uh, I, or that's the thing is, I, I play lacrosse here. Uh, so I, I had these people show up at parties. And they were getting paid 60 bucks an hour. Yeah, I didn't know that part. All I knew was a hot woman came up to me with free shots out of nowhere and said, hey, you want some of this? I'm like, well, yeah. <laughs> Well, so so I, I've always I've never had a problem talking to women, so I've always been comfortable around them. So they they reveal all this shit to me, and and that's what you end up finding out is that they make they make a the the women who who they just have to put a small amount of effort into their personal like appearance, and a lot of them only do it on the weekend because then they look like engineers during the rest of the week, and nobody nobody wants nobody has an interest in that. But yeah, so they, they get paid like sixty bucks an hour to go do it, and here I was like, I thought I was I was I, I thought I was doing awesome, right? Because I'm making like twenty bucks an hour selling phones and like being techie and all that <laughs> stuff, right? I thought I was doing pretty well, and then you sit there, you talk to the girls, and they're like, "Oh, you make more in an afternoon than I do in three weeks." <laughs> Damn. Damn, your male pri- male privilege. Yeah, I know, right? It's uh, it's kind of that's that's what I should do. My next life. When we get to upload our brains to a server, I'll just create a female avatar like most of my games. And that's <laughs> yeah, where you can gawk around and get free shit. There you go. Oh, man. I have oh, more than one like weird story okay. about people online. I, I mean, didn't you know that everyone online is a girl? Or every every girl is a guy, and every every guy is like 40? I tried to explain this to two guys in perfect world. Oh, God. Just because I like watching women walk around. So I make a female avatar. And the guy's like, hey, can I carry you around? I'm like, no. I'm going to give you free shit. Okay. I'm a dude. <laughs> just so you know. That's okay. Can I kiss you? No. What the hell? No. Well, I'm going to go ahead and give you this free shit. Okay. But I mean, I'm a dude. Just so you know. I remember, uh, I remember having a, a few avatars, right? So I, most of my most of my avatars are women. I think I've got like a handful of men avatars. Every once in a while, I, I feel like I'm going to learn how to be the tank in a in an MMO, and then I realize <laughs> I hate being the person whose sole job is to get beat every day, all day long, and he doesn't contribute any meaning functional role to the game or the party. Uh, so, so I, every th- those are my only male characters, and then I have like, everything's a female character, and I've been I've been with my my wife now for fourteen, fifteen years, fourteen years. So, so we've been together for a long time, and every once in a while she comes in and she looks over at like the female avatar that I have, uh-huh. and she's like, "Is that what you want me to look like?" I'm like, "No." You know she what? Goes, I mean, I would just start saying yes to be an asshole. But... Well, I I thought about that. <laughs> then I was playing like Guild Wars two, right? And so they have the plant uh-huh. people. Right. And I thought it'd be really cool to start with like a red plant person, and then I, you know, as is always the case when it comes to like choosing your color schemes and these things, I give up halfway through because I'm much more interested in playing the game than character creation. So she comes in and she sees like this red and purple and green. She's like, "That what you want me to look like?" I'm like, "No, I just gave up halfway through character creation. I just want to look at tits and an ass walk by. Like that's all I want." 
Funny how simple we can be sometimes. Oh, you know, they know it. My wife absolutely knows. Yeah, Yeah, that's funny. It's amazing how often a normal person is attracted to that. Well, yeah, it's they all are. They, they, They have a tendency to prefer men to be men. Because at the end of the day, do you as if you are trying to date somebody, right? Do you want to be a person who has them sitting there and like sobbing at your feet over their privilege, or do you want somebody to be like, "Damn, girl, you look good. Let's go," <laughs> right? Like, I wouldn't want my wife sitting there and staring at other people, certainly, and I certainly wouldn't want her not staring at me. So, yeah, I kind of want the same thing that women do. That's it's very, very normal. Yeah. Equal rights. Ah, uh, boy, we really we went down a rabbit hole on that one. So, so we kind of touched on the COVID thing, which is really all I wanted to do because that's just oh, kind yeah, of a, a worthwhile update. Here and then I can taste this thing, and then you can have this too. There you go. Here, numbers. Oh, what do we got? Oh, yeah, the recent updates. Right on. <sighs> Now, here's one I would love for you guys to see. I oh think boy. I may have posted it in here earlier. I may not, but I'm absolutely going to post it again because it's the Benadryl Challenge. No. No. A that's bad. Okay, yes. first off, TikTok. So that means they should all be dead anyway. I'm, I'm a, Again, natural selection. I don't know how oh, many no, times no, no. I have to say this. One so far. Uh, okay. We're gonna go for two. I am a I am a big fan of Darwin's theory, and I think that we are good to go. Okay, Let's hold do. on. A let me let me just read this here. Blah blah. Already killed the already killed one teen, sent others to the ER. Right? Yes. One fifteen year old girl suffered a fatal overdose. Dumbass. Uh, circulating yeah. blah, blah encourages users to overdose on the drug to achieve. Okay, so it's diphenhydramine. Mm-hmm. All right, you can take you can take like. Hundreds of milligrams of this shit without dying. So she had to have chugged a fuck ton of this stuff. Well, there's there's two problems to it, right? Well, you take more, you get off more. Duh. The challenge is to take enough so you hallucinate. The problem is dihydramine is not a hallucinogen. Well, so here's the thing. It it does cause hallucination due to, um, basically due to how tired you are. We'll put it like that. There's there's complications I'm not going to get into here. Suffice to say... That it's a delirient, so you will become delirious, and in your delirious state, your brain goes, "What the fuck is a wall? Oh, let's make it a swirl." So, in that sense, yeah, there's there's hallucination going on. Yeah, so that's psycho- psychoactive. So, so that's I, a, I would, don't I do this. That. It's a frightfully yeah. horrifyingly bad idea. Yes, it also destroy your liver, by the way. So oh, that also yes. don't do that. So, uh. uh Diphenhydramine, it, one, it has a massive hangover for the next day, so if you do take it to do something dumb, you're going to be useless for a long period of time. Uh, and it will eventually destroy your liver if you do that. Everyone's going to know you're the dumbass with the red teeth here. So uh, <laughs> so you'll be remembered as that moron who was found on the toilet uh, with red teeth and piss everywhere. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you, you uh, don't want that on you. Yeah, so it it can be very bad. Um, you know, it, it only takes a few hundred milligrams to go really, really, really bad on you, even though your body can tolerate probably a couple hundred milligrams of this stuff. So, like, uh, uh, 
250 milligrams or whatever is probably going to be around the point which uh, you're going to go from having a, a, a particularly weird-ass day to having a particularly shitty day. And by uh, shitty day, oh. we could very well mean your last day. Yeah, you know, if, in, in, for instance, not being able to make competent decisions like, should I throw up in order to get rid of the rest of the shit in me? Uh, or should I breathe when I do throw up? Let me pull up. What's the LD50? It's pretty high. So the therapeutic index on diphenhydramine is pretty good. It's it's pretty pretty significant. Okay. Um, but but the uh, the problem is that all of that whole you know being tired and then possibly in aspirating your own um, so, vomit is one hundred and sixty four milligrams per kilogram. Yeah, it's huge. Or or actually, if well, that's for a mouse. For a rat, it's five hundred milligrams per kilogram, and rats tend to be a much more a much better biological proxy. Right. So we're probably looking at uh, the average. The average human is about 100 kilograms. So you're looking at having to down something on the order of 50,000 so, 50, milligrams. For, sa- for sake of safety index here, let's just go ahead and cut a zero off the end of that. And you're, <laughs> still, you're still looking at you're still looking at an inordinate amount of the shit you'd have to chug. You you really are. Like so that's, that's what I was saying. She had to have had other complications going on, and my guess is that it boiled down to respiratory arrest, probably yeah, after vomiting. Every single time that, that something happens, it's almost always on, on well, yeah, Okay, yeah, it's just like saying cardiac arrest is always part of death, too. Right. So the, the, what I'm saying here well, is that well, she I mean, probably like, just nine times again, If you're talking about a drug overdose, it's going to be a respiratory arrest followed by a cardiac arrest. Sure. Like that's that's just the progression because your brain so, stops stops again, to breathe before your heart stops beating. So again, the the main issue here is probably that there is either a cessation of breathing and just in general body overheat, or aspirating their own vomit. So yeah, and they can even point it down out here: delirium, feeling like spinning, hyper awareness, blah 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 blah. It's yep. it's all the same shit. And and, and yeah, if if you people have been taking cough medicine. Uh, or, or allergy drugs, or, or sleep aids, etc., and just staying awake for those. It's the same stuff, by the way. People have been doing this shit for since these things arrived in the markets back in like the 60s. So everybody knows these are effects. There is no challenge to this. It's just some dumbass wanted to get high. Like that's what this was. It was some dipshit high on TikTok, and everyone went, "Oh, I want to do that too." Calling it a challenge is not going to help. And no, it makes it even worse. Telling a parents to be overprotective and keep the shit from their kids is not going to help either. So, you know, if your kid's going to, if you have the shit around the house, one, you should already know if your kid's sick. Pay attention, parents. Uh, and two, like, your kids should know that no matter what they do, you're going to love them, and that if they touch the shit in the way they're not supposed to, you're going to beat them. <laughs> yeah, that, that is kind oh. of an important thing. You know, I'm not a parent myself, but I will say, it's very important that you beat your kids. Like, you know, you could be loving about Not it. To, you don't yeah, like... now, yeah, okay. So that does come <laughs> off a little bit bad. Okay, so capital punishment with your children in the frame of reference of a family situation and not capital violence punishment? and Are, are abuse. you sure you want to run, run the, the capital punishment line? That's why I say in the family situation, Cor- spankings and such. I think you're looking for such. corporal punishment. Am I? 
Yeah, because corporal punishment, corporal punishment is beating them. Capital punishment is executing your children. Okay, well, not that's we a pretty will bad. decimate the children. <laughs> God damn it! Like, like I'm okay. I'm okay with natural selection, but Speaking of survival for yourself is a little bit too far. We will decimate the damn children. Nine will be left, and they will be stronger for it. Hey, they get to learn from the one who didn't survive. That's right. <laughs> Oh, Morale shit. will improve, or someone else gets shot. Uh, those are good family <laughs> ethics, right there. Good family ethics. Listen, listen, Johnny. Do you remember Timmy? No, you don't. <laughs> uh, Timmy was your little brother, and then he took too much diphenhydramine, was. and we had to put him down. <laughs> oh man. Oh my god. So yeah, don't do Benadryl. Unless, you know, you're taking a reasonable amount. If you have to do something, maybe, I don't know, Robitussin? At least that's not going to kill you. It's the same shit, dude. It's the... It, it, it yeah, is. but it's not it's going to kill you as, as dead, and you're not going to take There, there are so this? many How better drugs. Yes, there really are. God, have some gas or something. No, that's, that's bad. <laughs> Here's what you do, kids. Nothing. Uh, or go run. Run until you can't stop, until you, until you can't okay. walk any further. All and right. your, body, your body produces its own morphine. Or, or there's drugs. Very effective drugs. Anyway, so the, the point here is that, yeah, kids, if you chug a bottle of this shit, make sure you stop at one, because otherwise, you're going to be the moron on the front page news. And you don't go down as a legend, you go down as that dumbass. Yeah, no, no, that's exactly yeah, they, what they, they must Nobody's going to think the person was smart at the end of the They day. must be doing more than, like, I'm guessing, like, I know that the, the image there is the bottle, but they there's no way that you're getting that kind of dose rate off a bottle, because that's only 12 no. and a half milligrams per dose. Yeah. And so if you're talking about hitting LD50s of, like, 500 milligrams per kilogram, or 50,000, you got to be, like, chugging a bottle of the pills. Like I said, you just for for safety margin on this thing, especially given we're talking about a model scale up here, just cut a zero off the end, and you yep. still have to chug like ten or twenty of these bottles. Yeah. So, like yeah, I said, that, probably some a... defect that was going on there. There's probably some some either like a liver defect or they aspirated vomit, and that is more likely to be the problem here instead of the actual drug in this case because diphenhydramine is very safe. Yeah. Uh, there's going to be a lot of concerned parents out there with kids who are going to get uh, like a common cold or the flu, not COVID, and they're going to freak out because they think their kid's going to give them the fucking modern plague, and it's just going to be a catastrophe because morons on TikTok are chugging bottles of a fucking delirium. Eh. I, 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 I don't know how I don't know how widespread this is though, right? Like that's if it made it made MedExpress. It's probably not terribly widespread yet. As soon as it hits Fox News. Or yeah, fucking yeah. CNN, then you're gonna know it's gonna spread, because these things always precede spread. There's these these panics have never actually come after the problem has existed. Oh this no, is, they exasperate it. Like it this is probably ten kids. The problems. You know, this you make the thing famous, and everybody's yeah. like, "I gotta get in on that fame train." There's there's ten kids on TikTok, and you know, three of them already, or four of them have fucked up. One of them enough to the point where they died. You know what's weird though? Like, I don't remember ever doing this as like a teenager. I don't well, remember here, sitting there and saying, "Hey, let's go into my medicine cabinet and down as many pills as I can." We did other stupid shit. That's absolutely like the natural rite of passage. But it's like, eat this weird thing, and I'll give you a dollar. Well, here's not here, like, 
there's there's one called Jinkum from uh, from when I, back when I was in fucking what middle school, so probably about the same time you were in middle school. Yeah. There's a, a great one that came out on the internet, and this is this is all bullshit, by the way. Um, and and if anybody actually did do it, there was really the fun. There was kind of the butt of the joke. Jinkum was fermented human sewage. That was the whole joke of it. So the idea was that you would huff the gases that come off of it. You put a balloon on a jar of basically shit from the uh, toilet. Yeah. Let it, go, let it go for a while. And then see if someone was going to be dumb enough to fucking huff it. Now, did anybody actually do this? Certainly. Did anybody oh, I knew oh, yeah. did it? No. Right. Yeah, I remember hearing about this. I I do actually it, remember. Uh, as soon as you explained it, I remember yeah, it. Every, well, yeah, it had a different name. I'm certain everywhere, but where I was, where I am, it was called Jinkum. It was hilarious uh, because people are like, "Are oh, dude, you going to try this?" You know, and you always have the one dipshit in the group's like, yeah, dude, I already did it. It's like, all right, prove it. Like, no, I can't. <laughs> or the, uh, oh, what's the classic? Nutmeg and or yes. uh, banana mace. peels. So so mace would be the uh, um, just the skin of the nutmeg, but it's the same thing. Oh, uh, or the, or better, the better one was when someone finds out that mace is the skin of nutmeg and then goes and tries to use mace spray. Which of course is just capsaicin spray, uh, which of course totally doesn't work. Not well, not actually. Let me just put it like this: it, it does work in one way. It definitely gets you excited. It does. <laughs> it certainly, certainly does. <laughs> and you know, if you like, um, if you like your food spicy, you know, there you go. Uh, you know what? I, I, uh, as an individual who is a connoisseur of buffalo wings. Uh-huh. I assure you that the the women folk are not a particular fan of of evening activities after Buffalo Wing Night. <laughs> it can, has ruined, ruined many you know, many an evening. You know that that really does. Uh, it, well, there's the fire and ice uh, packaging out there. Yeah, yeah, there uh, is. It certainly it certainly would uh, bring some spiciness to. Uh, to activities. Yeah, it yeah, would. It, it and really some does. Swelling. It it heats things up in the bedroom. You could say. Uh, really does. does. It doesn't tear. <laughs> Boy, we really. Well, uh, I probably uh, these things up at the horse court. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh my god. Oh, All man. right. Well, how many hours have we got in? <laughs> oh, we're uh, we're we're well in for the night. We got about two hours of stuff here. I mean, I we could say, uh, are we uh, two parter or are we uh, this will be a long one. No, I'd I'd say we've got enough to keep people entertained and incredibly confused if they've made it this far. <laughs> uh, so why don't we go uh, ahead and just uh, wrap it up and okay, you know, we'll be back again next week or sooner. Who the hell knows? Thanks for tuning in. Have Later. a good night. See ya.